106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, you guys, so I've actually been thinking about this the past couple of days, but I've been seeing a bunch of videos about people who have been Democratic their entire life, but after the past, you know, four years and especially the past couple of months with everything that's going on in the world right now, they've decided to switch over and now they're diehard Republicans and they'll never vote any other way and they love Trump, all that. But, you know, I've never seen a video of a diehard Republican that was like, you know what, screw this, I'm going Democratic, I'm going to be liberal, I'm going to change all my views, all this stuff, and it's kind of like, you know, they call it the right side for a reason, so everybody needs to hop on that Trump train. So this is the song that they played when I was released from the hospital. Here comes the sun. Try all the nurses with their hands in the air. What a beautiful feeling that was, what a beautiful day. And all I have to say from that experience is, you Cuomo. The COVID wasn't taking me out. You weren't taking me out with your executive orders either. And I'm a relentless bitch. You must regret that, huh? Here I am, Cuomo. And you know where I'm going? I'm on my way. Because I'm going to go. And I'm going to be a part of the memorial for 9-11 tomorrow. You can't take that from me. Freedom, fucker. Freedom. Some 2020 fucker. Fuck out of here. So as long as we're calling out all the groups and individuals that have been completely silent about the child sex trafficking, let's add feminists to the list. Where on earth are my feminists at? You guys should be in an outrage right now. But no, the only thing you care about is having the ability to be able to kill a baby. So I guess it does make sense that when women and children and girls and babies are being sold into sex slavery, you're completely silent. So as far as I'm concerned, the feminist movement is completely canceled. Well, good day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our episode number 80, and its date is 10-10-20, December, uh, sorry, October 10th, 20, 2020. And um, thank you for being here, listening. This is one of our late night episodes because <clears throat> this time of the month I uh, do a tip training. We had that tonight, and I just couldn't get this done beforehand. So it's nice and quiet, no dogs barking, nobody's howling out there right now, nobody's burning rubber, no garbage trucks are going by, nobody's screaming at each other, <clears throat> no sirens right now, not much traffic, it's pretty quiet cool outside you can feel the fall coming on here in northern california some of the forest fires must be settling down <clears throat> the ash uh the cremation of all things living although the liberals wanted to wanted to keep them all alive uh, i've been getting rained on dusted by cremated animals 
snakes, all kinds of funky stuff out there. Been drifting over my house and coating everything inside and out. You ever read the Ten Plagues of Egypt? The plagues that came upon Egypt and they, the water turned to blood. All kinds of frogs, boils. Makes one think that maybe we're under judgment. Killing 65 million babies, innocent babies, that gets the attention of God. May not get the attention of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or liberals, but it definitely gets the attention of an almighty God who isn't in the business of shedding of innocent blood. So my thing, you know, me thinks today that uh, whether you like it or not, the nation of America is under judgment. Everything's going wrong. Can you tell me something's going right? Can't leave your house. Fighting with everybody. Can't even make it through town to shop without fighting over masks. Gal got on my face this week. But I'll get to the details later. And uh, But we're at our 80th episode and uh, 10, 10, 20. And uh, let's see how to reach us. You can reach me by email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. And that actually is our website, nohostagesradio.com. So you can go there and listen to episodes, past episodes. You could read articles there. Or you could just go to your favorite podcast source and just put in No Hostages Radio. And you should be able to come up with it there. If you ever have any problems, if there's technical difficulties, or you think things are screwy, give me a little shout. Um at that email or you could actually text me at 530-713-1838 530-713-1838 or you can call me up leave me a voicemail i think we covered all the details um so uh here we go this week uh it's kind of an amazing thing two <clears throat> Assemblyman James Gallagher and Kevin Kiley, they're in uh, their uh, districts are kind of adjacent to one another, I guess. And they together, there are two conservatives. They filed a asked for the court here in Sutter County to uh, they asked for an injunction against the governor to stop uh, violating the Constitution and thinking he's a dictator. And so the Perry Parker, Judge Perry Parker, uh, granted that temporary injunction until they could go to court and fight it out to see whether there was really, you know, uh, to have both sides have their say. So we had that uh, hearing this week, and it was disappointing. Uh, it's, it's under consideration. Both sides made their arguments. I did not sit in on the hearing, but I picketed outside with about, I don't know whether it was 50 to 100 people probably picketing. Pitiful. I mean, it was good. But you would think with 160,000 people in Yuba Sutter counties, if they weren't really happy with Gavin Newsom, this was their, this was their time to go down and say so. How much would it take for you to get off your ass? What would it take? Does it take you coming and coming and taking your kids, taking your money, uh, telling you you're just going to have to stay in your house? What would it take? Come, they tow your car, tell you you got to get a vaccine, t 
tell you you can't fly without a vaccine, tell you that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Are, are you going to ever get involved? What, what's it going to take for you to, like, stand up against, like, like how many? I remember when I, when I got converted, I started going to church. I'd never been to church in my life. I was in my early 20s. And um, I'd never even thought of abortion. Never have, Never gave it a thought. And they passed that abortion really in 1973, just not too long after I got converted. You know, not one person made one comment about that the, that the United States government said that it was legal to kill a baby back then in our church. It never did bring it up, and it never did become a real topic until 1987. People, there is so much reason that the church should be under judgment. Not the whole nation. The church is the watchdogs. The church has been asleep. And and Jesus said, it's interesting, Jesus said, you know, you need to be salt and light. And if your saltiness, if your salt loses its savor or its saltiness, it just, the only thing it's good for is just throwing out on the dirt. You might keep the weeds down a little bit. But you're really good for nothing. And another term that you could use for good for nothing is what the government called the church non-essential, right? Non-essential. That was like a message from God. So we had this hearing, and I was I I I don't have like I mentioned in a podcast here uh, a while back. I don't have high regard for Justice Perry Parker's demeanor in the courtroom. I think he's rude, and. Uh, but I was proud of his decision, not because it was a hard decision, but that he had the backbone to do the decision against the governor of California, which is kind of like a country, most populous state in the union, and one of the most uh, state maybe has nearly the most influence, maybe not the most, but maybe the most. And so to go up against Newsom was good. So then we come back to the hearing, and I was, I got to wondering well, who they're going to have for a judge today. This was October 7th, Wednesday. And my fears came upon me because the absolute worst judge, the most incompetent, lowest intelligence, uh, lowest intelligent judge on the Sutter County bench is Sarah Heckman. And you would think with our county, Sutter County, which is a county right next to me where I'm sitting, that the whole nation is looking at our county, challenging the governor of the most populous state. And this decision is going to affect nearly 40 million people. And the judicial team in Sutter County, the best they could do is roll out a person that bats like about 95. Now, I have had people tell me in, that when she was on criminal cases, she, didn't, she couldn't find her butt with both hands. And the detectives and cops had to explain the rules to her. When she was on the family bench, she totally was 
either didn't know what she was doing or totally biased and just doesn't know how to how to slice and dice the law, according to other attorneys and paralegals that know more than she does. And they're down there grappling, trying to help her find her way like a blind person. Now, I don't know how many. Now, when she was elected, I did not vote for her. I, I like her. I know her in the community. But just because you like her does not mean she's competent. And when she ran for office, there were about five or six people running. I voted for somebody else. And uh, or I I don't vote in that that jurisdiction, but I supported someone else. But she got it. And the reason she got it had nothing to do with her capabilities. Unfortunately, it had everything to do with popularity. She was well known. Her husband's well known. He has a well known family in the area for generations. And she was mispopular. And she got it for that. Sad to say. It's not something to be proud of when somebody, some people vote for you because they like you, but then you can't do the job, right? Thank God she's not a doctor. So how in the world at this very high-profile case that people are looking at it from all over the state and maybe the nation, and we have a bumbling judge that can't make a decision and has to like take it into consideration and put it off, put it off. When the whole state, when people are shooting themselves and, and hanging themselves and cutting their wrists and overdosing on heroin because they're so freaked out the way this whole COVID shutdown's happening and the, and the governor's egregious rules, and we got to put put it off because she can't figure figure out what she's supposed to be doing here. Now she had weeks to sit down and consult with bright people all over the world. I don't know whether she did that or throwing back cocktails. I don't know what she does for for her spare time. But I'm telling you, if I was a judge over there, I'd be sharpening sharpening every corner of my thinking on this, and I'd be I'd be coming in better prepared than the attorneys and just knock that sucker totally out of the universe at the end of their deliberations or their discussion. But, but Sutter County, the team there at Sutter County, the team of judges. Now we already had a huge black eye when another judge kept monkeying around and changing and wanting to change the grand jury report because he didn't like the way it, it, it went, their findings. And it got so screwed up that the entire grand jury resigned and said, screw you and screw the report. We're not going to sign a report that you wrote. And the, he didn't want it out because it had some negative things said about the county council and the district attorney. When I read it, I finally got a copy, even though it wasn't permitted out. It just wasn't. It, yeah, it said some bad stuff, but lots of times, lots of times, grand juries come up with stuff that's that's gnarly. But I thought, wow, this guy, this judge, actually had four more years to serve, four fresh years to serve. He screwed around with the grand jury thing and then resigned and moved on and left and appointed another person to take over four years. How is that? To, how is that about ending your career? 
you work your entire life, you try to become an expert in the law, and because you have a bad character, your your final decisions on the court spoils your entire character. And now Sarah Heckman, out of out of all the judges, they couldn't sit down and say which one of us should take this, which one wants it. And or miss, maybe which one would be best able intellectually to handle it. But instead, we had people standing at that trial Wednesday from all over the state traveled here because Newsom is so far out of control. He's like a, a total rebel governor, totally violating our Constitution, took a constitutional oath to, to uphold and defend the Constitution. And he's a he just a blatant liar. And we can't and, and the from what I was told by people that watch the uh the proceedings, they say James Gallagher from Sutter County knocked it out of the universe. He did a great job in his presentation. And basically called the other the other attorneys liars, and that Newsom was a liar. And that Judge Heckman could not sort her butt out and make a decision. It's just, you know something, it's just, it's a crying shame and an embarrassment to Sutter County, and they could have really shined on this one. Now they're going to have to come back and go to court again, like on the 21st or something. Now, this is the interesting thing to me. I've traveled down to Sacramento a number of times, at least five, four or five times, protesting outside the Capitol. Because I don't like the things the way things are going in the state. If you don't like the way things are going in the state, why don't you do something about it? All you had to do if you were a Uber or Sutter County resident is come over to the courthouse at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, I didn't know what was going on. That's not my problem. That'd be your problem. It's, it's sad that the founding fathers lost their entire fortune for you. Because you don't know jack diddly about your own town. You don't know what's going on. What are you, more interested in smoking weed or drinking bud? I don't know what you're up to. But you should get your butt down to the courthouse and get a sign. It, maybe you don't even know what you stand for. Maybe you don't know anything about, maybe you don't know how, know how to spell constitution. We should have a thousand people down there flooding that courthouse. That whole that whole outer area outside, a thousand, easy a thousand. You, that would put some pressure on the state. A thousand people show up in Yuba Sutter County to a courthouse to protest the governor. Like we want you out. People down there working their butts off. People are seventy years old, eighty years old. You can't get your butt down there and do something. We need some people that will help and, and get the recall Newsom signatures. We don't just need your signature. We want your signature and your time. It, there's no reason why you can't help get signatures and run one of these pop-up tents around town. We need it's like 700,000 signatures still. We can do it, but we're not going to do it unless we do it. Like people say, oh, well, I don't like the way he did. I don't like the way he thinks. Oh, he said, now you have to wear a mask. And while you eat, you got to lift up the mask, put it back down, lift up the mask, put it down, down, lift up the mask, put it down. You can't, you can go inside to eat, but you got to wear a mask while you eat. Did you know he said that? Yeah, he said, the guy is, I don't think, I think he's got syphilis because syphilis affects your brain. But we can even have a health officer here that gives a damn about syphilis. She's more... 
She's more concerned about chasing the coronavirus around the horn. And I don't know whether she's looking for a state job, a high state job. But this gal, I would never have her for a private. In fact, we should file a malpractice action against the county health officer for killing people. Because what she's doing is killing people. Not from COVID. From everything else. We ought to look at all the heart attack and people that have uh, any kind of disease that affect where they don't get it. Their blood oxygen content gets all screwed up, their their ratio. Because wearing a mask will kill you. I had a gal this week. I, I send money. Usually I send money to Vietnam bank to bank, large amounts. Occasionally I have, I'll send a few hundred dollars and then I'll just go over to... Uh, a Western Union place, a cash, check cashing place and that has Western Union. So I go in there. I have the same place I go all the time, and, and they're all masked up, which is fine. And they, they even without masks, this place, because it's a check cashing place, it's like a bank, but it's solid, big, thick plexiglass, glass. So they're not, it's hard to even hear them anyway. And you're not having no, we're not sharing the air. And... Um, so I do my business and right towards the end of signatures and wrapping it all up, she said, Hey, you, you got a mask. I said, no, I, no, I don't have one. Don't plan to get one. Don't wear one. She said, well, the next time you come in here, you got to have a mask or we can't serve you. I said, that would be a problem. She said, well, that's the way it is. And I said, well, I'll be suing Western union and they'll buy me a car. She said, well, you know, it, I said, you know, it's not the law and you're violating my constitutional rights by for trying to force me to wear a mask. She said, well, I had COVID. I said, so I said, you're not getting it from me. I don't have COVID. And if I had COVID, I'd be staying home. I wouldn't be running over here sneezing on you. So everybody can sort out their own way. They're going to avoid the next bug comes through. She said, well, that's why I'm wearing a mask. Besides, they told me I had to wear one here. I said, fine and good. I said, my, my, my beef is not with you. You're telling me what your company policy is, and I think you're full of it. The company. You're good. We're good, you and I. You wear your mask. I'm not going to wear no mask. But if I come over here again and put money down there and you tell me I can, I'm going to give you some documents, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you accountable right here. We're going to take a break right now. We've got five more segments to go. I'll carry on with this. When I return, go, go get yourself something refreshing, and I'll see if I can entertain you for another, uh, I don't know, hour and a half. Okay. There's a port on a western bank, and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away. Talk about their homes There's a girl In this harbor town She works Wondering why I'm standing in front of this office On such a hot California day This is Congressman John Garamendi's office I'm his opponent, Tamika Hamilton I'm a sergeant in the United States Air Force And John won't debate me I thought I'd come down here to make it a little bit easier for him Since John's been in Congress He has amassed a wealth over $2 million He owns ranches home, and even rides horses. Does he sound like someone that knows how most of us really live? But let's be nice. John is a little out of touch. I mean, he has been in office for the past 45 years, and since that time, the internet and the cell phone were invented. John, next time you're riding horses around the ranch, 
Pretend that you're stuck in traffic like the rest of us and you can't fill up the tank because gas is so expensive. That's how most of us really live. John, you've been in the office for over 45 years. And why haven't you done anything about this traffic? And why do you keep supporting taxes that make our lives here in California more unaffordable? I think the new tax should be on congressmen who've been in the office since the 1970s who ride horses and pretend to be cowboys. This is my home. My husband's a peace officer. You seem to think my husband's just as bad as the people that he arrests, that breaking the law is okay. I believe that the police are trying to do the best job they can and that my husband deserves your respect. John, you and Patricia were able to send your kids to the best schools. A lot of parents in our district don't have that ability and are stuck in failing schools. That's where you and I differ. You oppose charter schools and you oppose school choice. You've ran on bringing back the middle class while you've become a millionaire. You've left us behind. It's time to give District B what they've been wanting and that's a debate. And so it's time for you to step up and not hide behind the incumbent status. Do your job. Let the people hear what you have to say and let them decide. Well, that was an interesting debate between Chris Wallace and Trump. Oh, you didn't know that Chris Wallace was running for president too? Me either. Joe, let me ask you, how much did you pay Chris Wallace to just back you up the entire time? If you didn't notice, this debate wasn't between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It was between Chris Wallace and Donald Trump. Hello? Chris Wallace is a Democrat. He hates him. He is demanding that Trump Trump says things during the debate like ban militias. Are you willing tonight to condemn militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha? I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Secondly, how do you have a moderator in a presidential debate that said this to Trump during his interview with him not so long ago? All right. I understand. We still have more than 100 days to this election. But at this point, you're losing. First of all, I'm not losing. I bet Chris Wallace and Joe Biden do yoga together on the weekends, and they probably drink apple martinis with a side of dementia pills for Joe. <laughs> well, Biden was just sitting there while his teammate Chris Wallace was just sitting there pestering Trump while Joe sat there and listened through his wire. They can do whatever they want, but they got to open these states up. When you look at North Carolina, yeah, we all saw it. See, that's the thing. When you don't have dementia, you notice things like there being a wire right here. I guess Chris Wallace didn't tuck that thing into your man bra enough. I mean, even with the wire, you still can't understand half the stuff that he's saying. <laughs> you know what he sounds like? He sounds like the Wolf of Wall Street when he took those drugs and he's talking to his lawyer about the FBI agent. I can't understand. Say that again. I said, I'm going to ride. But here's what I will say, and if anybody that knows Trump personally sees this video, 
tell him this. Let Joe talk more. The more that Joe talks, the more people will see that he is completely on planet Jupiter, even when he's wearing a wire with Hillary Clinton on the other end, giving him tips. People with dementia can't comprehend things and then repeat it. So wear a wire. It's completely fraudulent in terms of the presidential debate, but wear a wire because it's not going to help you. Look, I get it. If I was in that debate with Joe Biden, I would have done the same exact thing that Trump did. But on the next one, Trump has just got to sit there and laugh and watch Joe Biden self-destruct. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, excuse me. You know, no, no, no. There's, there's 47, 40, 47 million thousand that have gotten coronavirus and uh, two million a thousand people have died. Come on. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. Uh, just let him let him do that. But that's that's the other part of that is all of the left, they're going to vote for him anyway. So if I'm outside and I take a shot in the dark and I hit a hog 6,500 yards away, that's about Joe Biden's chance of winning. Seriously, somebody needs to get a new moderator into the presidential debates. Chris Wallace was way too involved. Plus, he humps the left's leg more than a confused dog. God, you got blue just dripping out of your ears. Blue all over the place. So all in all, Trump still beat both of them. But Trump was right in terms of this election being totally fraudulent. And you can tell already by Joe Biden having a wire. If that doesn't tell you that this whole thing is gonna be a complete joke, we're on to you, Joe. Joe is not fooling anyone. And the people, after that debate, after seeing him wear a wire, after hearing him talk, the little that he did, if you're still going to vote for Biden, God help your soul. Welcome back. Okay, so... So I was at Western Union, and uh, I, I'd been there before, and, uh, and the guy that I think the boss there, he didn't even he didn't question me about wearing a mask. So uh, I want to refer you to a website that is the To Go website to deal with all things having to do with masks, all these government laws. I put in quotes around them in the air. They're not laws. All the legal stuff. And also, any of you that have education problems with your kids. So write it down. You got a pencil? Get a pencil or pen. And I'm going to give you a website and a name of a lady. And she's got all kinds of YouTube videos. She's very bright. And she is the go-to person, not just in California. She lives in Orange County. But she's the go-to person nationally. Okay, ready? Her name's Peggy Hall. Very simple. Not Shaniqua. Not Zenefia, but Peggy. Peggy Hall. Peggy Hall is a lifetime educator. She's a teacher of teachers. Somebody told me she was a professor in college at one time. 
She's a conservative. She's a Christian. She's married to a pastor. But aside from all that stuff, here's what she's got some she's got some real intellectual beef going on and she's using it to serve humanity. And that humanity is you and me. So um, her website is the healthy American.com dot com or dot org. I don't know what it is. Shoot. I'll check it. Well, next break. And I'll tell you the healthy American. I think if you just put in the healthy American, you're going to be good to go. That website is amazing. It is chock full of videos of her, her explaining life to you and the rules, the real law. I use some of her laws to write an article uh, telling how the supervisors and city council of your local community can be held criminally liable for these shutdowns. You hear me? Now, they all think they're, they're like exempt because they're government a agents. They are not. They can be held criminally liable according to the state and federal laws. Now, she'll give you codes, and I quoted the codes in the newspaper myself, and I'm going to have that article on my website uh, when, you, when you're about to look at this, uh, this podcast. The, the articles will be on the—it's it, called The COVID— uh, pass the, pass the COVID buck. That's the art name of the article. And it lists the codes. I got them from Peggy Hall. She has paperwork. That's anti-mask paperwork that tells how much oxygen a mask will short you when you put it on and the type of diseases or ailments that that mask creates and the right words to say to a person when they say, you need to have a mask, okay? Peggy Hall, but the website is The Healthy American. It's either .org or .com. And when you pull it up, the face page, home page, is a bunch, a big crowd of smiling. There may be some guys in there, but they're smiling ladies right on the front, all, all involved in a protest, okay? Now, you need to go there. Listen. Nobody's going to fight your battle for you. I get people calling me all the time. Lou, 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 will you, hey, hey, this happened. Will you write an article about it? Will you talk about it? Will you do this? Will you go over there and see him? I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. But I can't do all this myself. Peggy says the same thing. She's getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails off her website. She said, listen, if you're in Kentucky, you have to look up your own codes. I can't look up every code for all you in all 50 states. I'm in California, right? I, I got our codes lined up, but I'm just telling you, you got to look up your own stuff. Listen, the, t the days of sitting on your butt and things changing, it's long over. In fact, if you would have done something or your parents would have done something, we would not be in this predicament. If you're, if you're a constitutionalist, if you're a real patriotic American, if you want America the way it used to be, right now we're in the midst of a siege on America. Now, if you think it's just about an illness, you're delusional. You're, you're or my, as my friend Dennis says, who got hit in the head and can't get his words right, he says, instead of deceived, he says, you're conceived. So I'm just saying to you today, you are conceived. You don't know what's going on. 
and you think it's all about a mask and a, and a bad little a little pandemic, you're conceived. That's what you are. So you need to start educating yourself. I'm tired of people like kept asking me, well, what about this? And what about, why don't you just go figure it out yourself? You know, you figured out how to have sex. You figured out how to have a baby, maybe even feed one. Go figure this out. Put some energy into it. Why should somebody else do that all for you? Peggy's done a lot. And Chris Ann Hall has done a lot. And Jake McCauley has done a lot. But if you don't go look at their videos and you don't subscribe to them, here's an amazing thing. I sent her a, a donation, Peggy Hall, because I thought this gal is worth, she's worth a million dollars. I didn't send her that. But the amount of donation I sent her, I get a call Saturday morning. I'm about working here and I get a call and, and usually these numbers, these hustle numbers are, it was a long ways away. Hi, this is Peggy Hall. <laughs> it's like so cool because I had a lot of questions for her. And she wanted to thank me for my donation, right? And I said, listen, girl, we got a fight going on up here. I'm trying to figure out how to sue the supervisor. She said, well, we're going to help you. We're going to sue the federal government. We're going to sue the state government. And we're going to sue the county people. And I said, I want in on that because I am sick and tired of begging people to do the right thing and seeing my friends die of overdoses and hanging themselves and shooting themselves. I'm, I'm sick of it. So anyway, it's time for you to do something. Now, if you'll send me, if you'll, you can text me at 530-713-1838 or send me an email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Send me your name and phone number. I will give that to a lady, and she'll put you to work. We need some... We need 100 volunteers in Yuba Sutter area right now. Boom. Maybe 200 to get signatures to recall the governor. Oh, well, it won't make a difference because we got all those, we got all those Democrats. Hey, listen, we'll kick all their butts. The only reason we haven't done anything because we haven't done anything. You, you're not going to get anything done sitting around the house or drinking beer down at Gumpy's. It's time to like show up and show off. As my friend Karina used to say, show up and show off. In other words, quit whining, quit whining. Jeez. So we need, we need a couple hundred volunteers for my friends that are doing the recall petitions. Every one of us should be going out and getting 10, 20, 30 more, more uh, signatures. Lots of people have not signed. It's unbelievable. Do you think they would have signed a petition to recall Adolf Hitler? I don't think you would have. Would you be the ones that would be watching the trains go by, drinking a beer, the Jews go by to Auschwitz? Would you be shooting the breeze? Oh, there, there went Susie. There went Fred. Right? There went Moshe drinking a beer, right? Oh, sad. I wonder what happened to that family. Oh, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're oh, we don't want to. We don't want to stand out too much. Oh, well, what? Well, well, we might lose our jobs. Come on, man. It's like, when is it gonna? When? It, what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take to motivate you? Oh, well, Lou, what do you think's gonna happen? Doesn't matter what. What's what I think's gonna happen? Some. We got bad stuff happening right now, people. We got bad stuff happening. 
We got mass vaccinations on the horizon. We got like totalitarian. You can't travel. You can't go over here. You can't cross. They're going to be there's going to be checkpoints. Can't cross state lines. Can't travel outside the country. I just talked to a guy from Caltrans. He works for Caltrans. He's an engineer. He works out at the same gym I do. He said, I'm going home. I said, well, he used to live in Ohio. I said, but he's Syrian. He's an immigrant. I said, oh, Ohio? He said, no, 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 I'm going to go to Syria. He said, Re- I said, really, you can, you can go to Syria right now? He said, yeah. But he said, I got to get a COVID test on the way out, and I got to get a COVID test on the way, on the, when I get there. Now, here's the weird thing about the COVID test. You know the COVID test wasn't even designed for COVID? It's a total crock of crap, the COVID test. It is so inaccurate. It is, it's a miracle if it, if it tells the right, the right thing. And it's all been a big sham. Now, did you know that somebody's actually getting paid for all those COVID tests? And they're totally worthless. Did you know that most all the deaths, you think, well, my God, you're saying COVID's no, no big deal. And there's like 127,000 people been died and, and normal flu only kills 60. Did you know a lot of those people got run over, those COVID people? Run over, shot. They only were working off half a lung. <coughs> they only had one kidney. The other kidney was full of cancer. They've been fighting cancer for years, getting chemoed for years. And then they died. But then they called, they called anything COVID, right? If you, if you walked off the end of a boat dock, couldn't see in the dark and drowned. And you had COVID on board. They'd call it a COVID death. Did you know that? I'm not kidding you. Go talk to your deputy coroner. Go talk to the, if you, if you operate where a sheriff's deputy operates, why don't don't you go ask them and how, how they sort out uh, deaths right now. They think it's just a bunch of crap, but they got, they got to keep their mouth shut because they're law enforcement. It is, it is total fraud, complete fraud. The tests are fraudulent. The numbers are fraudulent. The masks are fraudulent. Did you know that socialist distancing was used as a technique with POWs to break them down mentally? They wouldn't let them have any social contact. Did you know that? Did you know that people don't do well isolated? Did you know that the big... You know where the big, uh, big uh, numbers are on suicide, the highest percentage rates? They're not in the big cities where there's tons of people like Hong Kong, New York, Paris, San Francisco, where they have you know, lots of people living tightly together. You know where they are? Montana, Alaska, Wyoming. Why? People aren't designed to just live out and not have a lot of social contact. It's not healthy. It is not healthy. Any doctor, I, I, you know, I, I had a doctor friend. He, he did a lot of free medical work for me when I took, I was running this program when we had about 80 people living together. And, uh, he took care of all of us medically. We've taken in people off the street. I couldn't find any Christian doctors to help me, but this guy was a non-Christian and he liked us and he liked what we were doing. So he helped, he helped us. Years later, after we didn't do this communal thing anymore, I heard that he did abortions. 
and it really just ticked me off. So I went in, I made an appointment, not a medical appointment, I just said, I'd like to come in and talk to you. So I had an appointment. I said, is it true you're killing babies? He said, yep. And uh, he said, he said, he said, I said, you're going to tell me it's not a baby. He said, Lou, honestly, he said, uh, he said, I, I, I think, I think a gal's got a right to kill her own baby. <laughs> I, th- I, I said, but so you admit it's a baby. He said, yeah. He says, any doctor that is not willing to admit that that's a baby is a liar. So at least he was honest about it, right? So let me move on here. Let me move on. So here we got social distancing. And they're trying to tell you that you're going to say, you know, it's interesting. I felt bad for this gal working for the check cashing place. Because now she thinks, like, I, I felt like saying to her, like, I, I saw this little meme come through this week. <laughs> Two memes. Uh, it says, for a country who killed an entire generation in the womb but tells adults to wear masks to save lives, your words are a joke and an embarrassment. Another one I didn't keep, but I ran into. It said, I don't need a mask. God gave me one. It's called an immune system. Now, that poor girl, she was she was trying to keep her job. If she didn't put a mask on, she's going to end up having to sue Western Union. That's no small thing, sue Western Union. Those boys got some, those boys got some uh, lawyers, right? So they'd probably just kick her to the curb, and she wouldn't have the beef to fight them. So she's having to defend their stupid policies, which are unlawful and unconstitutional and, and violation of the ADA, Americans Disability Act. But she, but they've got everybody. I went through four airports here not too long ago on my way to Boise and back. <coughs> and I was the only person in four airports that did not have a mask on. Listen, people, you talk about changing a culture and putting a culture un, under under control and muzzling a culture, which is exactly what it has nothing to do with COVID. COVID fly right through those masks and laugh all the way through and be right flying right up your nose and enjoying that moist back moisture back in the back. And and while people are if they if they're thinking those COVID germs, they're they're just laughing on the way through, waving at you, saying, "Yeah, this mask, this is a great mask, it's blocking everything out, just like all that stuff." God help you if you took an approach to condoms like that. You'd be pregnant half your life. Well, here's the hypocrisy of it. You ever you ever see photos of Fauci, Tony, the Frankenstein Fauci, sitting without a mask on? You wonder why? I thought we had to have a mask on every minute. Fauci sitting at the uh, with three people side by side, elbow to elbow. And he doesn't even have a mask on. Got it down under his throat, under his chin. So there's a photo I got here of uh, Joe Biden. And behind him is, in the background, is is, uh, Governor Whitmer of Michigan. Remember her? Mandated masks everywhere. You know, she, you can't, 
You can't garden. You can't do this. You can't do that. So Biden is talking to a couple black dudes, right? They're laughing. There's, I can see one, two, three, four, five, six faces in this deal. And that's including Biden and Whitmer. No masks, no mask hanging off an ear, no mask around the neck, no mask, no mask, no mask. This is a meeting in Washington, D.C. So why don't you ask the hard question? Why? This is a public meeting. This isn't their family. Remember, you can do that with family members. This is a public meeting. It's a fraud, people. You're being jacked around. I found this little, it's a little sketch, a bio sketch on Hunter Biden. You know, there are a couple Biden brothers, right? Joe had a couple brothers, I think. And I mean, a couple sons. And then I think they had a daughter as well. So the one son was very successful, did very well. Hunter, this is Hunter Biden. Now, remember, they drug this whole thing is such a just a fraud. They knew that Trump Trump didn't do any of these things. They just they concocted a thing to ruin his reputation. So they made a big deal out of his supposed he questioned the uh, Ukrainian leader about Hunter Biden, right? Hunter Biden is just totally dirty, corrupt individual. So Hunter Biden got kicked out of the Navy for cocaine abuse. He cheated on his wife with a porn star. Remember, they want to make a big deal about Trump and a porn star, but he cheated on his wife with a porn star, got the porn star pregnant, left his wife and the three kids. Then he started having sex with his brother's widow. Remember the brother, his brother, Hunter's brother, got brain cancer and died. So he started having sex with the widow. I thought he married her, but this says he just dumped her. And now uh, they're saying that Hunter Biden is involved with human trafficking and taking millions of dollars. There's no question he took millions of dollars from Ukraine and China. And, of course, Joe Biden said he has no idea that his son ever had any dealings with any of these people. Is this unbelievable? It's just, it just, you know, these people and people believe these folks. We're going to be right back and then we'll pick it up on section three. It's all right if you don't know.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Vortex, where lies and falsehoods are trapped and exposed. I'm Michael Voris. Once campaign 2020 heated up, people started choosing up sides even more than they had before. Almost everyone in the country, and in many other countries as well, understands the importance of this election. Of course, in the middle of the cultural earthquake going on, the U.S. bishops are, wow, asleep at the wheel, refusing to jump in on the side of justice and truth. It's actually revolting, a disgusting display of cowardice and non-commitment. A cowardice and non-commitment, however, they do not display when it comes to shaking down the flock, as well as U.S. taxpayers, for billions and billions of dollars. What a disgusting lot, truly. Still, their cowardice has not prevented a handful of good and faithful priests around the country from stepping forward and calling a spade a spade. Listen, they set, they set up this 25th Amendment under Trump because they're going to use it against Biden because he has no brains in his head anymore. Oh, I and, and you know, oh, he's a nice guy. Leave him alone. Listen, if he was a nice guy, he wouldn't be promoting every of the intrinsic evils. He's not a nice guy. He's a liar. So what's behind all this? What's that? It's, it's, uh, it's the agenda. If you just It's the agenda. And the agenda is evil, as it always has been. Earlier this week, Church Millicent had the honor to host the controversial Father James Altman, controversial only because he speaks the truth. And in these days, speaking the truth is controversial. That's how far the diabolical has advanced. Well, since when does the truth suddenly have to be assigned as, as outspoken? The truth is the truth, and that's what we're all called to do. I mean, that's, that's our, when we're ordained, and we'll hold that book of the Gospels in our hand, believe what you preach and preach what you believe. Uh, this is simply the truth. And, and, you know, all the complaints I get, not one person has said, but you didn't speak the truth. They don't like the truth, but they can't say I didn't speak the truth. But that's our, that's our vocation. As you might imagine, the crowd of Quisling bishops squirm under such light of truth and do what they can to bring to silence such men. It is grave error to try and chill the public proclamation of the gospel applied to real life by any shepherd of the church, to chill the priest's voice. It is grave error because that is his duty under God. You know, bishop comes and goes, but God's always there, and we better be speaking his truth. To, to, to squelch the voice of truth, that is grave error. That is, that is diabolical. It's ridiculous the depths the church's hierarchy has sunk to in the past 60 years. They make the English bishops under Henry VIII look like saints. They have sat back for decades, decades, and decades, and allowed an advanced evil upon evil and watched the church fall to pieces on their watch. But if I went out on, uh, publicly, like I certainly can't say from the pulpit, go ahead and have an abortion, contracept till the cows come home, it's all okay. I couldn't do that from the pulpit because that is contrary to the teaching of the Catholic Church. Similarly, I can't go out having been ordained, I can't go out and say that kind of stuff. Well, neither can Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi, by the way. Right. Uh, and still call yourselves, listen, if that's what you want to do, then just have personal integrity and leave the Catholic Church. No, they're sticking in there and they're trying to undermine the church. They do, this is on purpose. This is no accident. If there's one thing this proud yet utterly faithless group of men absolutely detest, because they don't detest evil, it is when they believe they are being attacked. First, let's be clear. If there was a single group of men, collectively, as a body, who deserve to be not only attacked, but defrocked and imprisoned, it's this bunch. Consider they have done nothing. They have not lifted a 
finger to help end the slaughter of 60 million children and counting. Not a blessed thing, nothing. They don't publicly challenge the evil. They don't toss out from the church those fraudulent Catholics who support it. They take up not one red cent in collections to help with the work. Nothing. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, those tens of millions of children she helped execute would have stood before her testifying to her guilt before the throne of God. But Ginsburg was not Catholic. She did not receive Holy Communion. She was not ordained, consecrated, granted the grace of office, a successor to the apostles. Not for nothing did the saints of old declare that the floor of hell would be paved with the skulls of this miserable lot. This is so basic. We shouldn't even have to discuss it. So what in the world is going on where a third of them are misleading the people? all known and Planned Parenthood for certain has known is that we can never take for granted that any of the gains that we have achieved will be permanent. We cannot go backwards and we cannot tolerate a perspective that is about going backwards. I'm David Delayden and I'm the founder and project lead with the Center for Medical Progress. Five years ago, my undercover videos caught Planned Parenthood's top leadership trafficking and selling the body parts of aborted infants. America's biggest abortion business was desperate and furious, so they turned to their political patron, then California Attorney General Kamala Harris, for help. She's standing beside us strong. At Planned Parenthood's special request, Kamala Harris targeted me to punish and silence my message about the abortion industry and fetal trafficking. I'm not the first person to ever record undercover video in California. Local news reporters routinely record and publish undercover video exposing factory farming, corrupt medical practices, and unlicensed marijuana vendors. Yet somehow, I have become the first person to ever have the California video recording law enforced against me for news gathering. Kamala Harris met in secret with a group of California Planned Parenthood executives in Los Angeles in March 2016, while she was running for U.S. Senate and promoting Planned Parenthood in her campaign. Action items from the meeting show that they discussed Planned Parenthood's legislative agenda in California, as well as Planned Parenthood's lies that my videos contained threats. With two of the Planned Parenthood witnesses in Kamala Harris's investigation present at the political meeting. Less than two weeks later, Kamala Harris sent 11 California DOJ agents to raid my one-bedroom apartment with explicit instructions from Planned Parenthood to seize the computer and video equipment that I was using to publish the undercover videos. California Penal Code 632 prohibits secretly recording a confidential communication without the consent of all parties and defines confidential as a communication that you cannot reasonably expect will be overheard by other people. So my team was scrupulous to record our California videos in places of public accommodation like crowded restaurants where the conversations were obviously overheard. But you can't necessarily say the same thing about local TV reporters in California who have taped inside of private doctor's offices and inside of private homes. Yet not a single one of them has ever been charged with undercover video recording in California in the 60-year history of California's video recording law. Mine is the first and only case. And there's another piece to the California video recording law. 
that specifically allows recording even a confidential conversation in order to gather evidence relating to violent crimes. The entire purpose of our video recording in California was to document and expose the violent crimes of fetal trafficking, including selling infants aborted alive and killing them through organ harvesting and medical battery against pregnant women. If those aren't crimes of violence, I don't know what is. But Kamala Harris's investigation never even considered our purpose or addressed those crimes, even though local Southern California law enforcement prosecuted and shut down two of Planned Parenthood's business partners based on my video recordings. By the way, those business partners, the Da Vinci companies, they actually admitted guilt in a $7.8 million settlement for illegally selling body parts from abortions at Planned Parenthood Orange County. Who was the top abortion doctor for Planned Parenthood Orange County supplying those body parts? Dr. Jennifer Russo one of the participants in the March 2016 meeting with Kamala Harris and one of the Planned Parenthood witnesses. You have to wonder, if I had been investigating unsafe grocery handling practices, animal abuse, or unlicensed gun sales, would Kamala Harris have ever thought to pursue video recording charges against me? It's pretty obvious that the reason that I alone was targeted by Kamala Harris is because I dared to criticize Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. What Kamala Harris did isn't treating people fairly or equally under the video recording law. In fact, Kamala Harris's deputy prosecutor, Jeanette Jarone, admitted in a court filing that the reason her office targeted me alone among all undercover reporters in California was because my videos were, quote, edited for shock value, and that that made me, quote, more culpable than other undercover reporters in California. Obviously, I dispute the characterization that my videos were edited for shock value. What they show Planned Parenthood doing is shocking enough. But more importantly, it is your First Amendment right to promote the significance of your own message. When she said that I was targeted because of the content of my videos, Kamala Harris's deputy prosecutor admitted that the reason that I was targeted and I alone was to punish what I have to say. Planned Parenthood sells baby parts. That's why I'm suing Kamala Harris, the California Attorney General, Planned Parenthood and others in Los Angeles federal court for conspiracy to violate First Amendment civil rights. This is crucial to defend the First Amendment rights of all Americans to report on issues that matter and to listen to what we have to say to each other without fear of government punishment. Selling body parts is a crime. Reporting on it is not. I will never bow to the tyrannical vision of leaders like Kamala Harris who believe that they are entitled to tell us what to think, what to believe, and what to say. So this is the final meme here. I'm just picking up odds and ends this week that have been interesting. And the title of it is, Can You Believe It? And there's a picture of Bill and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama having a funny moment. Just yucking, you know, just, you know, you ever have a big old laugh with your friend? 
they're having a big old laugh. And so the the byline under it says, we got away with Uranium One, Benghazi, Solyndra, NSA spying, Fast and Furious, IRS targeting, cash to Iran, giving nukes to North Korea, giving nukes to Iran, rigging a primary, the email scandal, and spying on Trump. <laughs> I get a kick out. I mean, no, to get away with all that, and then they still look you straight in the face and, and say the Obama administration had no scandals in it. That's just unbelievable. It just, un- you know, it's just unbelievable. I want to ask you, why are you voting on who you're voting for? Local elections, the whole thing. Why are you voting? I talked to a gal this week. Because we have a mayoral race in uh, in our city, little city here that shouldn't even be a city. It's actually a village, a town. It's not even a city. It's 3.2 or 3.4 square miles with 12,000 people. It The city is so screwed up, so screwed up through bad management. And so... Uh, so we we actually elect a mayor here instead of they rotate the city a council and each person takes the mayor spot for a year we actually elect a separate mayor then four city council people so so I was talking to a lady the other day she called me and asked me why I, I wasn't she assumed I was going to be voting for this woman and I and she said how come you're not going to vote for her I said actually it only took me as soon as I realized this other person was running, I said it, it, it didn't even, I didn't even need to ponder it. I had it, right? Some things you just know, you know, and you're knowing. So I said, actually, it didn't take me 10 seconds to sort that out. She said, really? What's, what's the deal? I, and I told her, I said, well, I don't know how, why you vote for people, but I said, because of our government, you're actually the employer of these people. And so I want you to think of yourself as an owner of a business and you're trying to decide between two or three or four people who you're going to hire and who's going to spend your money, who's the brightest person to get the best deal for you and make the best uh, of our community, right? And so I went over this uh, guy named Chris Branscombe who's running for office that I've known for years, but you know, I just don't pick people I know or I like. Sometimes I pick people. I don't necessarily like their personality, but I think they're the best to do the job. And uh, But lots of people vote on this. Well, I like them. You like them. What's that mean, you like them? You're having sex with them? Uh, you know, he massages you? I mean, what do you mean you like them? You taste him? Does he taste good? Uh, what's what's up? You like his cologne, her cologne, her perfume? I mean, you like her butt? What? I mean, wh- what's like you like him? That's it. You're gonna hire somebody because you like him. What about? Can he add? Can he add and subtract? Can he read? Can he analyze? Can? Why don't you take an X-ray? Does he have a backbone? So at the end of me telling the difference between the person she thought I was gonna vote for should vote for and the person i told her no i'm gonna vote for this guy because so finally i said would you vote for your candidate or trump for mayor and she just went dead silent because i figured she's a trump voter she just went dead silent and the reason she went dead silent because she had she's stupid 
She's just stupid. Doesn't mean I don't like her. She's just stupid. And because I said, you may not like the person. They may not be your favorite person, but they may be highly skilled in that. Now, I'll give you another example. They say, oh, well, the doctor didn't have a very good bedside manner. I don't give a damn about doctor's bedside manner. I want the best doctor. If he's going to cut me open, I don't care whether he likes me. He's all snarfy. I, I don't care. Dude, knock me out. I, we don't have to have a conversation during this thing. Just knock me totally out. And I'll be, I'll feel like it's going to be two minutes and I'll be back and it's maybe take a few hours. Uh, but you're, you know, you're going to do me a good one. You're going to fix my shoulder, fix my knee, fix my back, whatever my, whatever I need. So, so the gal says to me about this mayoral candidate, well, she really loves the city. I thought, oh baby, she loves the city. That means you should vote for for mayor and spend millions and millions of dollars. And then the second thing is, well, she really, she walked around the city a lot and she prayed all over the city. I thought, oh, definitely. Let's, let's hire every prayer. Like they, uh, they're obviously the smartest, the smartest brains in town, right? I'm all for prayer. I pray every day. I, I, I routinely pray. I need all the help I can get. You do not want me to cut your guts open. I may be a good prayer and I may really love you, but don't ask me to take your, your cancer out of your guts. That would be somebody else's job, right? Don't, don't vote for me on that. So when I have to go get a surgery, I research the surgeon. I vet them. They call it vetting. I figure out where did he... Out of 300 in his class of surgeons, was he number 300 at the bottom? Or was he up towards the top 10? I'm interested in those people up at the top 10. Not so much guys that like were screwing all the nurses and get smoking weed, right? I'm interested in the top 10 group, the high-performing group, if they're going to knock me out and cut me open. So when I needed a knee replacement, I looked for the best, and I got the best. When I needed a... I told the, the guy that did my shoulder, he said, how'd the shoulder work out? I said, it's better than from the factory, dude. Are you kidding me? It's unbelievable, right? It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So we, we don't even vet. We don't even vet our political candidates. We just say, oh, well, oh, well, you know, I heard, I heard he got a divorce. I thought, oh, really? That's gonna—that's a kill, a killer deal if he had a divorce. And so, in this, we got a—we got a chance in the city of Marysville to vote in a guy that—that—that that, that had uh, huge business experience, running corporations, fifty million dollar, uh, and you know, in other words, his whole career has been CPA and an attorney, right? How often do you get somebody? Oh, well, let's get the guy that. Uh, he 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 was a firefighter and now he runs a bar. There we go. <laughs> he he ran a door company or a window company and he went bankrupt, right? She's a school teacher and we're going to actually give him millions and millions of dollars, right? And we're going to 
think they're going to make the best decisions as opposed to people that have been making those kind of decisions on multi-bazillion dollar corporations and and analyzing books and analyzing finances. That's been their gig, and they did it well for years. And then we'll take and criticize them because they have a multi-million dollar house somewhere. Like somehow we all need to be socialists and share the same spoon. <laughs> like, oh, did you know he, he, he's got a million dollar house or two million dollars house in Lake Tahoe? I said, what, do you got a jealousy problem? Do you want to like live in Cuba and all shit, you know, eat out of the same bowl? Beans and rice every day? And like eat a chicken wing? What are we talking about here? So we got this guy named Bruce Buttercavoli, right? He says, he writes, he writes, he, he's a nervous incumbent. He's not running for office. He's now nervous about his buddies that may get voted out of office. He said, just a thought when you're placing your vote for Marysville City Council and Mayor. There are only two candidates with elected city government experience. Well, those two candidates are running against each other. And, uh, and then this other guy that I'm talking about that I'm supporting, he is, he's, he's never been on the board, right? He's been on lots of boards, but not government boards. He says, this guy, Buttercavoli, he's a city councilman. He said, without one of these two, the, the council will be limited due to the remaining two seats having only our first one and two term people under our belt. In other words, they're all rook, kind of rookies. Keeping a cohesive team together is important to keep Marysville on our current trajectory. What? The trajectory is going down. These guys, I think they, they've taken some LSD lately. Our current team has in place a number of accomplishments. Now, developing and finishing the 5th Street Bridge Improvement Project. I think the city of Yuba City actually put the bulk of that work on the Fifth Street Bridge. This is this is this second one. If anybody's seen this on Facebook, this is a complete fiasco lie. It says working with the Yuba Water Agency to clean Ellis Lake and funding for the for the Ellis Lake Master Plan. All these big words, just poppycock. It's BS. You know what they? Let, let me just explain to you what's going on. The Ellis Lake has been a boondoggle of the council for as long as I've been lived here all my life. We just burned through one council after another. And the only time the Ellis Lake ever was clear was when they ran water out of the Yuba River into it and out of it. Fresh snow water from the Yuba River. When that was presented to them historically, because there's still a pump and pipe to do that, the lake is full of algae for you that don't live here. It's full of algae, and algae, ha, algae uh, flourishes like fat people flourish at McDonald's knocking down those triple burgers or whatever they call them. Algae loves high mineral content water. When you, pour, when you pump water from our aquifer under the city of Marysville, that's high mineral water. When you pump water out of the Yuba River, that's low minerals, and so algae thinks it's going on a Nutrisystem diet when it gets those, when it gets that Yuba River water, and it dies off, and you flush it out and out out of the lake eventually because it can't, it doesn't have enough food. Algae's got to have food. 
So we had a guy, we have, we, it's a, we have a guy that knows more about water than anybody on that council. His name's Charlie Matthews. He runs a big rice operation. So he's always pumping water. He's pumping river water. And he said, I'll donate $10,000. And a former city council said, I'll donate $1,500. And, and let us just have one month. Now, this lake has been screwed up for decades. Let us have one month and let us run the lake. We will pull, we will fire up the pump on the river, free water out of the river. And we will use this $11,500 to pump fresh water. And, and we will take chemi- we will take chemical or t- tests of the content of the minerals of the lake. We'll check the lake, right? We'll have science, scientific people check the lake. Give us, give us one month of pumping Yuba River water into the lake and out of the lake. The city council rejected that and instead took a plan where they're going to spend maybe a half a million dollars over there. And they're going to make the lake into an aquarium where you, you know how an aquarium, I hate aquariums. They're a lot of maintenance and they're a pain in, pain in the rear. They get all full of funk and stuff, dead fish floating around. And they, but you know, you have to run the bubbles through the, aquarium so these guys instead of there's no there's lakes all over yuba county did you know that yuba county's got beautiful lakes and no lake has all this algae problem you you know the reason is because they have water coming in and water going out fresh water no no pumping out of the ground they're fresh and some of them been made man-made lakes in fact most of them are man-made lakes or women-made lakes and so ellis lake there they the issue is the groundwater problem so bring in you river and now i don't want to do that we want to hire this in, <laughs> this engineering firm this is such a, a rube goldberg if you drive by ellis lake it's hilarious they have these round balls floating in the lake and under them there's perk they're blowing bubbles <laughs> You can't get stupid on your own, this stupid on your own. You you cannot get this stupid on your own. You have to take a course in stupid. I think there's a course at Yuba College and how to how to become stupid. And these guys graduated with honors out there and walked the stage. When you drive by Ellis Lake, there's these four look like white basketballs floating out in the lake and bubbles coming up. And all around it is slick, funky slick, like algae slick. And this says, this Bruce Guttacavoli had the gall to say that there's this big plan. There ain't no big plan. You know what the latest, the engineering guy said from the water agency said? That plan hasn't done anything for the lake. Hadn't done a thing. But these guys spent almost a hundred, instead of... Instead of not spending anything and spending someone else's money that he voluntarily was going to donate eleven thousand five, they turned around and spent a hundred and thirty some thousand of the taxpayers' money, and we have four balls floating with a pump system pumping bubbles and these compressors running that we're paying the electricity on them all the time. So we spent over, according to one city councilman, almost a hundred and forty thousand dollars for that. When you look up stupid in the dictionary next to it, it's Marysville City Council. 
the big stupid. That's it. That's they are the mother. The poster. They're the poster council of stupid. He lists a bunch of accomplishments. You know something? Whenever you let me, I'm just going to give you something for. I'm not going to charge you for this one. When you see an incumbent say the reason they want to stay in office is because they've they've got a lot of good projects going and they want to finish them. <laughs> that means they think they're going to lose. And please have mercy on their soul. And just could you just let me stay? Please let me stay. That's like somebody coming over to your house for dinner. You have a dinner party, right? And it's time to go. And they say, can I spend the night? Can I just stay? This is such a nice place. Can I just spend the night? You have an extra bedroom. It's just like you hear the sucking sound. Sucking sound. It's just, it just unbelievable. If the people of this, you know, this Chris Branson, when he moved back to town, I asked him, I said, how come you came back here, man? You, you had it going on in Texas like you're wealthy, man. It's like no tax down there. You got it going on. He said, oh, I come back from my grandkids. I got kids back here. I'm come, you know, I'm settling down, done with business. And now he wants to invest. But there's something suspect if somebody actually with brains wants to be on the city council. There's something suspect. And what we should do is vote for somebody that's kind of like a lowbrow, bottom feeder, Guy that's bounced, you know, flattened his own business, never run a business, flattened a business, crammed, worked in government all their life. At one time on the city council, I think we had almost all government employees. What does that tell you? That's a scary thought right there. It just, you know, it just makes good people not wanting to get involved and run for office because, you know, we have some real potential but we'll see we'll see we got cal water california water service that is screwing the marisol residents charging them for the same quality water that linda oliverst and yuba city get charges us three times two two to three times as much in marysville it's a highlight if you drive by a yard and it's actually green. Most of them have not been watered in years because no one could afford the water. Some people that water the yard paying 500 to $700 a month. And they, the uh, Cal Water Service donated five. Th- this is a 12,000. You know, they voted. They probably gave a dollar plus per voter to Ricky Scamayoa, the mayor, to keep him in power. So they, so he would keep endorsing their rate inju- adjustments up, right? They take care of the politician, and he screws the people. They both screw the people. So they gave him $5,000. I, I, I don't remember the last time that I've ever seen anybody get a $5,000. Well, actually, I do now, come to think of it. The same guy, Ricky Scamayoa, got two $5,000 contributions from the medical marijuana dispensary after their permit application was rejected because they had a felon on the board, which one of the, was one of the rules you can't violate. So they kicked the felon off, got themselves a new board member, and gave Ricky Scamayoa two $5,000 payments. And Shazam, miracle after miracle happening. 
They voted to allow that company to have an appeal and then to get their marijuana dispensary. And today, they are operating down there and make, selling that marijuana right there in town. It's just a miracle what a, what a couple $5,000 checks will do to turn things around for you downtown here. Now, in a real, in a real professional city, we would have arrested them for that. But we didn't have much of an attorney. Had Pat McGrath. He's more busy trying to figure out how to raise taxes around here instead of raise somebody that was violating the federal or the Fair Political Practices Commission rules. We'll be right back. We got half a show to do. Child, you're raised up to something I like to call feed trough logic. Well, growing up through the years, up until you're 18 years old, it's your parents' job to separate you from that logic. Me and this here five-gallon bucket's going to teach you something. See this here pasture? Well, this is one of my many pastures. This is mine. I grow hay off of it, and I bale the hay, and then I sell it to my other ranchers that's got cows. This is my next-door neighbor's pasture. Well, he's got cows. Even though there ain't feed in here, it's just rocks, I can shake this bucket of feed and make all these cows come up. And they come running like morons to nothing but a bucket of rocks. If you ain't raised worth a shit, well, you'll likely vote Democrat, because you'll be just like them cows out there, always looking for somebody with a free bucket of feed. If you're raised right, you'll likely vote Republican, because you'll know damn well ain't nothing comes for free, and that damn bucket will end up leading you to a slaughterhouse. Eight new facts about COVID-19 that you won't hear from the mainstream media or from public health officials. Since they won't report the latest science and data to you, I will. According to a new meta-analysis of COVID-19 data and studies, children are less likely than adults to acquire COVID-19 from an index case. MedPage reported, and I quote, across 32 contact tracing or population testing studies, Comparing SARS-CoV-2 prevalence in children and adults, children younger than 14 were less likely to be infected from an index case overall. The odds ratio was 0.56. And specifically, in studies examining household transmission, the odds ratio is 0.41." That means kids are half as likely to catch COVID as adults. According to Nashville City emails, first reported by Fox 17, Just days before the Nashville city government forced restaurants to shut down from 75% occupancy to 50% occupancy in the name of COVID-19, the Metro Health Department had traced only three COVID-19 cases to restaurants. That's three cases out of a total of nearly 11,000 in the city. And yet the mayor, John Cooper, shut down bars and choked restaurants causing many restaurant owners in Nashville to say they will go bankrupt due to the outrageous shutdown. According to official government projections from the UK Department of Health, the UK Office for National Statistics and the UK Home Office, over 75,000 people in the UK could die from the lockdowns over the next five years. Keep in mind the total number of people who have died from COVID-19 itself in Britain is 42,000 but the government-mandated COVID-19 lockdowns could kill nearly twice that number. 
In fact, this same British government document shows 16,000 people in March and April alone died due to the chaos in hospitals and nursing homes. And yet, COVID-19 lockdowns in Britain continue. Likewise, according to the German development minister, Gerd Muller, and I quote, far more people will die from the consequences of the lockdowns than from the virus. Mueller said the government response to COVID-19 has resulted in one of the biggest hunger and poverty crises in history. He says, we expect an additional 400,000 deaths from malaria and HIV this year on the African continent alone. He also said half a million more will die from tuberculosis. Speaking of deaths related to COVID or the lockdowns, a new report shows that one third of COVID deaths would have occurred this year anyway and most of the rest by the end of 2021. This, according to the world's largest for-profit funeral company. You can see the report on the screen for yourself. Spain announces a shift to finding infectious cases versus just identifying PCR positives. In other words, Spain is changing their definition of a new active case to require that the person testing positive be symptomatic. This comes after a New York Times report claimed that 90% of positive COVID-19 PCR tests should be negative because the majority of PCR tests were relying on way too many amplification cycles to identify the genetic material of the virus. By doing so, they were identifying inactive, dead, or clinically insignificant amounts of the virus. And the majority of those positives were in patients who were not contagious and some not even symptomatic. Similarly, illustrating this point, a June paper about PCR cycling, viral loads, and clinical outcomes found that not one of the 678 patients admitted to two New York City hospitals in April had a PCR cycle threshold over 36. In fact, two-thirds of the 678 patients had a PCR cycle threshold under 30. Finally, according to a Harvard meta-study, hydroxychloroquine may work as a prophylactic against COVID-19. This research, conducted by Miguel Hernan, a professor of epidemiology at Harvard University, found that hydroxychloroquine may reduce the risk of COVID-19 by 20% without serious side effects. Again, this study shows a possible prophylactic effect. And remember, before anybody censors this, this is data from Harvard. Since public health officials, elected Democrats, and the mainstream media refuse to report any of this to you, I will. mentioned Monty Hecker, you know, I was mentioning the recall earlier, and uh, I've been sending people out there to Monty Hecker's place. He runs, he owns and runs Elite Universal Security out in the uh, Yuba County area, just south of Marysville at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. And he's also deep into the uh, campaigns. He's been working on the, uh, the recall campaign. He's been working on the Tamika my friend said, quit calling her Tamika. Will you quit it? You're running the campaign. So her name is Tamika. You know, in America, you can say your name. You, you, like my Mexican buddies, 
we always know how to say Jose because the accents in Mexico and the pronunciation of the syllables is always the same. They have rules and they stick by them. In English, we break all the rules. Tamika, Tamika, Tara, Tara. It's a big pain in the rear. So Tamika Hamilton is running against John, almost 100 years old Garamendi. And uh, in fact, I think during this podcast, I, I put in a couple clips by her telling her story. She's a sergeant in the Air Force. She's now working in the reserves. She was full duty and she's done battle time. She's married to a police officer. And uh, she is a sharp lady. We wanted to win, but but Monty, I've been out there a couple times because I was picking up signs for Tamika Hamilton, and I was also picking up some recall signs. But I I I like to uh, give some kudos to Monty because he invests his he, he earns a living, and then but he he earns a living so he can invest in his invest his life in in the Republic, the patriotism. He's a patriot. He's an Air Force vet, and uh, he's a patriot. So he's he's not just whining or sitting around and complaining. He's actually making a difference, and he's choosing candidates and supporting candidates and working hard. And, uh, and he supports our podcast because he believes in what we're doing on the podcast. So the cool thing about him with the way the government's running where they're not, they're letting people out of jail and they're not enforcing a lot of our laws right now. Uh, because we got a lot of DAs that aren't doing anything. And we have some new laws that a lot of you voted on to weaken the power of, uh, arresting people and putting them away for stealing stuff. So uh, his Monty's security company is going bonkers with lots of business because there's not enough cops to keep up with all the people running around stealing stuff and peeing on your, your doorstep and pooping in your, your yard and violating your privacy. So Monty is getting all kinds of work and he needs some helpers. Now he doesn't want somebody that's a tweaker or somebody's going to fall asleep on heroin or fentanyl sitting out, you know, guarding somewhere. He needs some good, competent people, people that are honest, people that get up in the morning, people that work hard, even though when you're not watching them, reliable people, loyal people. And if you want a job, he's got a job for you. You need it. He's, you say, well, I don't know anything about that. He'll teach you. Isn't that cool? He'll teach you. Most people don't know Jack Diddley about the job they're going to take anyway. What you look for an employee is the attitude and the character. Every employer can teach you what they need you to do if you're willing to work. If you're a lazy buffoon, stay home and uh, wear out the couch. So you can call Monty at 530-749-0280. 530-749-0280. He's got a couple websites, api-academy.com. That's their, their schooling and a lot of a lot of their uh, courses they offer to prepare you to do their do their work, uh, or you could go to eliteuniversalsecurity.com, and they'll uh, they give you a lot of the jobs there. Now you don't have to come to UBA Sutter and work. Some of them are working all all up and down the the state from say below Sacramento on north. So if you want a job, or if you need some help with securing things. 
they are patrolling all kinds of things. They're doing a lot of government patrol. They're doing farm patrol, business patrol. Uh, they're trying to keep a lid on this sucker along with the police. We're all working together trying to keep this thing together. So you can get your recall petitions out there. You can sign. If you just want to sign your name, you can sign. You can register to vote out there at their location. They're, they're open every day because they're 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. No days off. They're getting it on every single day. So the other people I want to mention is um, Dave Greenitz with Greenitz Construction, greenitzconstruction.com green with etz on the end these guys are good that's all i could say i've watched a lot of contractors and uh, there's none best than this because i know them. i know these guys and you know me i won't even vote for somebody that i know I, i'd vote for somebody that i'm not chums with if they're smarter but uh dave uh he's always of course i don't have the fanciest house in the world but he he keeps it fixed for me and uh He's a great help. I just give him a list, and then I fly to Vietnam. When I come home, it's all done. Boom. It's just done. And uh, But I'm telling you, if you don't take my word for it. Just go to his website and his Facebook site. You can see the befores, the afters, the new designs. They show you the plot plans. They show you all kinds of stuff. You don't even need to talk to him. Just go check it out yourself. Do a drive-by. Do an electronic drive-by. Greenitzconstruction.com. Or you could go to his Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction. Now, you're going to have to wait a little bit on Dave, not because he's slow, but because they got so much business. I don't know. I was going to take credit for it that it all came from me. But actually, if you, if you work hard enough and do a good job for enough people long enough, pretty soon the business just comes your way. And so... Um, if you waited this long to fix up that bathroom or kitchen, remodel that deal, and spend, you're going to spend a lot of money on that, it's worth waiting. I'm telling you, if you if you fire a a miss, if you fire a Scud missile and miss, you're going to regret it because you're going to drop a lot of cash on that kitchen or your uh, bathroom or your entryway or something something right, your deck, your whole your outbuilding outside where you want to party. Uh, you should you should wait. I just advise you to wait. Be patient. Greenitzconstruction.com, 530. If you want to go old school, you want to talk to a live body, you're going to actually get him on the phone. So prepare. Don't be don't be mussing up. Prepare to talk to the to the big kahuna. It's, he's going to answer the phone. Or you're going to get his voicemail, and he's going to call you back. He ain't going to be no, no you know, pinch hitter. Five three zero six eight two nine six zero two. You can make plans now, and before you know it, they'll be out there knocking your walls down, putting something new in. You got it. So if you want to, oh, back to the recall. If you want to go on the recall website, it's Recall Gavin twenty twenty. You with me? I'm just double checking a couple things here. It's recallgavin2020.com. Recallgavin, G-A-V-I-N, 2020. The, the numbers, 2020.com. You can go there and, and you can download or you can print off a, a signature page. Listen, uh, let's, let's recall the governor. Let's just do it. Don't be a wuss. 
Don't be saying, oh, yeah, I signed it. It didn't work out. I don't really know what happened. But, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I Well, maybe I put my name down wrong. I couldn't remember how I registered. <laughs> oh, people, people, people. It's, you know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's just sad. Dinesh D'Souza, who was just up here a few weeks ago speaking, says Kamala Harris didn't play the race card last night or claimed to be a double victim of racism and sexism. So Mike Pence didn't have to remind her that she descended from one of the largest slave owners in Jamaica. She always claims she's talks like she's from Africa and was on, you know, picked cotton or like cut, cut tobacco. <laughs> this gal was raised in wealth. You know, both her parents had doctorates. Do you know that one was a professor and one was a researcher, medical researcher. Did you know that she never, she never suffered. She never like missed a meal. <clears throat> oh, I was a, I was a, she's a, I'm, I'm like, I'm one of the home girls. I'm ghetto girl. Yeah. Mike Pence didn't have to remind her that she's descended from one of the largest slave owners in Jamaica. Dinesh says, talk about a resume killer. Come on, man. She is so full of baloney. You know, there's there's a reason why people are just sick and tired, just so bone bone broke sick of politicians, liars. They have, you know, with with YouTube, they have clip after clip after clip after clip of both Biden and Kamala Harris saying, the day we get in, we're ending all fracking. Fracking is a way to get oil out of the ground. New way to get oil out of the ground. We're ending fracking. No more fracking for you. And then last night they said, Joe Biden will not stop fracking. I thought this unbelievable. It's just so unbelievable. Here's another one. So last night, the liberals at the, at the debate said that Pence was man. Oh my God. He's mansplaining. So that means as a man, you can't ever have a discussion with a woman. Otherwise, you're mansplaining, like you're thinking of her as less. So they said last night that that Pence was mansplaining. So Stephen Miller, who is one of the uh, White House staff, not Stephen Miller over here at the Appeal Democrat, the wuss, the wussy wuss. The the paper for pussies, I should call it. The Peel Democrat. Stephen Miller. This is Stephen Miller in the White House. He says, I can't wait for Amy Coney. Not Comey. She's not related to Comey. The, the liar. The FBI liar. James Comey. This is Coney. C-O-N. Like it never. Coney. Amy Coney. Barrett. Not Amy Comey. Amy Coney Barrett hearings. He said, I can't wait for those Amy Coney Barrett hearings when interrupting a female nominee will no longer be mansplaining and sexist. Do you, you know how these, these people, 
they'll ask you a question. You know, you're being interviewed for a job, and they got the these uh, committees. And they ask you a question, and the question goes on for like 15 minutes, and you start to, to answer it, and then say, hey, it's my time. I'm running out of time. Shut your mouth. <laughs> That's called mansplaining. But they're going to do it. What Stephen Miller says, he loved it because all the liberals went nuts because Pence was mansplaining on Kamala Harris. That was called a debate. That's where you have to talk to each other or talk about each other, right? But now he says, but when when they come to attacking Amy Coney Barrett, it's not going to be mansplaining or sexist. Isn't this interesting how this works? George Stephanopoulos says, I think a lot of people were noticing some mansplaining going on last night. George, little George, do you, you ever notice, you ever know, on TV you can't tell how small people, I think George is like four feet tall. Did you know that? He's like a small dude, little four foot tall. I think he's a midget. All you get to see is his chest and his head, big old head. He, I think he's only four feet tall. It's just unbelievable. Mansplaining. Oh, he's mansplaining. Oh, you can't. It's a debate. And he's mansplaining. And the race card. <laughs> the biggest slave owner. These people can't win. They, they, it's like you. I bet if you went back and look at Michael Obama's heritage, she's probably got some slave owners back there. You know, blacks held slaves. That's just the way it is. But they want to make it all a big a white a white gig. They want to make it a white gig. All right, let's see. Um, where are we here? I'm working on my, my way down. Um, let's see what I wanted to say. Oh, by the way, we're doing this tip fundraiser and um, trauma intervention program we just did four we did 41 calls i just came from the trauma intervention training tonight before we started doing this uh podcast and so uh we are raising money all kinds of ways we're asking people just donate and then we're we're doing a couple raffles one we just started with one raffle which was a beretta uh 92 fs compact nine millimeter pistol 4.9 inch barrel with two 10 round magazines black semi-automatic designed and manufactured by beretta of italy so we're we're only selling 250 of these tickets for 20 dollars a piece and then we're going to draw the ticket on december 10th which is our celebration dinner for a year of hard work with tip um so if so we're selling these and we sold them so fast they're not sold out yet we still are selling some, but we sold a lot of them, of the 250. Uh, people want this gun. They're interested in this gun, and they want to help tip. So if you're interested, like I, I was on my way to the meeting tonight, and I, I saw a friend of mine sent me a note and from out of the next county over, and I opened it up, and, and there was a check in there. I said, oh, and that's nice. She gave a check to tip, you know. But then she said, I want 10 of those Beretta tickets. <laughs> She wants to win that gun, $200. So she sent me $200 for $20 a ticket. So so we have some a few of the Beretta tickets left, but then I went and got another gun because we, we thought we would be selling these tickets all the way up to December 10th, right? We put a date a couple months out, right? 
So I got a Glock 19, and that's got a couple of magazines and a, and a loading device, but Glock 19, 9 millimeter, and uh, so that's $20 a ticket as well. So if you're interested in any of these tickets, uh, you can send a check to TIP, uh, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California, 95901. So when we... Uh, picked a winner. The guns are out at Kittles, K-I-T-T-L-E-S, Kittles Outdoor, which is a famous outdoor specialty sports shop, has all your outfitting needs met. Uh, cool shop. It's like walking back into the 1940s. I, I'd never been in the building. I'd heard about it for years. A friend of mine had worked there, and he helped me line up these guns. And uh, so when I went out there to do the paperwork and stuff. I thought this is like walking, you know how you see a movie and you think, Oh man, this is unbelievable. Just like the 1930s or twenties or 1800s. It was like walking back in time, but it was such a cool store inside and such cool people. And they're, they're in Calusa, California, a tiny little town out big ag area. They're feeding all the, they're feeding the world out there in Calusa. And so what we do is we just take, draw the winner, let you know you won and then let Kittles know you won. And then you just go out there and fill out the paperwork and get the background check done or whatever the rigmarole is. Uh, and you pick your gun up directly from them. So the guns are in a safe out there at uh, Kittles. And uh, so we don't have to handle them or have any problems. They they do it all by the book. You're, you're good. So if you're interested, you can... Uh, just send me a check for however many you want. I'll send you the stubs back in the mail so you, you'll have it in your possession. Now, here's the cool thing about the gun raffle, too. Shooter's Paradise, which is a lo local arms dealer and uh, shooting range, indoor shooting range in Yuba City on Calusa Avenue or Calusa Highway, however you want to say it, they uh, sponsored the printing of the tickets, and for that, uh, they, whether you win or not, you can take the stub you have to shooters and get an hour's worth of shooting. They'll give you an hour's worth on the range. Pretty good, huh? So you're going to get something out of it for your $20. You're going to get an hour's worth of action on that range, right? So there you have it. Pretty good deal. For some people don't like guns. And, uh, if you're a Republican and you don't like guns, you just say, I hope you enjoy your gun. I'm not going to have a gun, right? But if you're a liberal, you say, I don't want a gun, and you can't have one either. That's the difference between Republicans or conservatives and liberals. Let me just say that again. Conservatives are, I don't really think I need a gun or I don't want a gun, but I hope you find the gun of your dreams and you enjoy your gun or your shooting range. Have a happy. God bless you. The liberal says, I don't want a gun, and I'm going to take your gun. <laughs> I got people in my life of both flavors. We're done here with the fourth segment, so we're going to take a break here. I'm going to give you a drink of Vietnamese ice green tea, which they say will allow me to live till I'm almost 100. Be right back. Your eyes 
absolutely right we are in a huge mess and you know why because the majority of our people including me once upon a time listened to every lie that the media told us and every lie the media told us about our president one day I decided that I was gonna do my own research and I was gonna get off Google, and I was gonna get off mainstream TV, and I was gonna stop listening to all these people that hated him so much. And I decided just, just to look into it for myself. Maybe you should do that. I don't know, maybe you should look into your queen and her um, sweet Prince Andrew. That's just a thought. Other than that, I hope you have a beautiful day. Much love. He ventured where no other man of his age dared to go. He saw things no other man of his age had ever seen. He discovered a new world. For centuries, he was universally admired as a hero. Now, he's widely considered to be a despoiler of paradise, an enslaver, and a genocidal maniac. I'm talking, of course, about Christopher Columbus. So which is true? Is he a hero or a villain? The truth is complicated, as the truth often is especially when you have to go back 500 years to find him. But let's try to get as close as we can. Columbus was born in 1451 in the port city of Genoa, Italy. At a time when birth often determined destiny, his origins were entirely unremarkable. His father was a middle-class wool weaver who expected his son to follow the same path. But Columbus had different plans. The age of discovery was dawning. The future belonged to the bold, and the bold went to sea. By the time he turned 30, Columbus had sailed to Iceland, Ireland, and Africa. Somewhere on his many voyages, he became obsessed with the idea that there was a westward sea route from Europe to India. But there were no maps to consult, only wild rumors of sea monsters and endless ocean. He put together the 15th century version of a PowerPoint presentation for the King of Portugal, then the world's leading sea power. But the king, heeding the advice of his experts, turned him down. It simply couldn't be done, the experts told the king. It was pure speculation, and an expensive one at that. So Columbus took his plans to Spain. But King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella weren't interested either, at least not at first. Columbus persevered. After eight years, they finally relented. They gave the explorer three small ships. There was a time when every school kid knew their names. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria and the year in which Columbus set sail, 1492. Except for a compass and the stars, Columbus had virtually no navigation tools at his disposal. He was, to mix metaphors, flying blind. He was heading west. That's about all he knew. Once the ships left the Canary Islands, they were on their own. His crews stayed loyal for the first week, but by the third week, they had lost their nerve. Columbus, however, never lost his. By sheer force of will, he kept his men in line. Finally, after 10 long weeks at sea, on the night of October 11th, Columbus spotted land. He called it San Salvador. Today, we know it as the Bahamas. There, Columbus and his men encountered the Taino tribe. The first encounter between Europe and the Americas went well. The Taino were curious and helpful. Columbus was emphatic that his crew treat them with kindness and respect. 
Lest you think that Columbus stumbled on the Garden of Eden, the islands were also inhabited by the Caribs, a tribe of cannibals for whom, according to Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Samuel Eliot Morrison, babies were a delicacy, or in Morrison's words, a toothsome morsel. Like every place else on earth, in every time in history, the local peoples were a mixed bag. Some good, some not so good. Upon his return to Spain, word of the Italian explorer's successful voyage quickly spread throughout Europe. A new world had been discovered, and the old world would never be the same. Columbus was a man meant for the sea. On land, he was easily outmaneuvered and betrayed by professional politicians and bureaucrats. It is on their dubious, self-serving accounts that modern attacks on Columbus's reputation are based. In his own day, these attacks made the explorer's life a misery. Columbus was not blameless. He sold natives into slavery. But the explorer did not invent slavery, which was common around the world long before and long after Columbus's time. As for the charge of genocide, there was no genocide. There were atrocities, most occurring after Columbus was dead and gone. There was also widespread intermarriage between the Spaniards and the natives, which eventually led to the people we now call Hispanic or Latino. It's unfair to focus only on Columbus's sins. It's also unfair to judge someone who lived 500 years ago by today's standards. His own assessment of his actions is much more revealing. Let those who are fond of blaming and finding fault while they sit safely at home ask, why did you not do thus and so? Well, there's a reason why Columbus has so long been celebrated, why so many statues, schools, towns, cities, a national holiday, an Ivy League university, and even a country bear his name. It's this simple fact. When we celebrate Columbus, we celebrate the arrival of Western civilization to the Western Hemisphere. And if you can't celebrate that, it says much more about your moral compass than about history's greatest explorer. I'm Michael Knowles, host of The Michael Knowles Show for Prager University. want to help trauma intervention, we work very closely with law enforcement, fire, bi-county ambulance, the hospital system, the CHP, California Highway Patrol. So if you want to help us, you can. If you don't, that's totally fine. Don't don't worry about it. But uh, it's this whole thing is run by volunteers, no paid staff. It's almost like Trump. He doesn't take a salary. I don't take a salary. He actually gets his salary. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute about how much he's cut out of the administration, the cost of the administration of the White House and how much money and who's he's given it to. But anyway, uh, we do this all volunteer, but it takes money to run an organization anyway. We have all kinds of administrative costs, paper costs, training costs, uh, technology costs, communication costs, all the kind of stuff to run an emergency response organization, right? we got to be on the ball. So you can go... Uh, you can go to GoFundMe if you want to go that way. They take a little bit of the money. GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2021, 2021. Um, 
you can go on our website and just hit donate now. Boom. And they'll, you can put your credit card in. You can do, and all that money comes to us pretty much. Bigger, bigger chunk. Or you can send a check where 100% comes to us, right? So you can go on our website, which is yubasuttertip.org. And um, there you have it. There's some ways you can help us if you want. The cool thing about TIP, different from a lot of nonprofits, is that we don't buy buildings. We don't buy, um, we don't pay rent. We don't, we don't even pay utilities. We do, all our money goes into training and materials for our clients, like literature, and we got a website, which is very good. If you, you should go, if you ever need any trauma help, people, you had some problems in your life or loved ones in another state are going through it. They lost a loved one. They're going through a lot of grief. Just send them to our website, yubasuttertip.org, and click on first thing when it pops up, the homepage, yubasuttertip.org. Just click on resources and scan down into the type of grief you got loss of your child spousal loss lose your partner suicide all kinds of stuff we got a great rich resource there totally free you can dial us up we'll talk to you over the phone we got you right that so we that costs us money to run that very very simple i'm not going to beat beat the drum here long but if you want to help, you know, people get Americans are the most generous people in the world by far. No, not even close. I used to think like, oh, the British were kind of like us. They look like us. They talk a little bit like us. I thought they're like us. I had Wycliffe Bible translators. They said, Lou, we want a team. Can you organize a team to come to Horsley's Green, England and rebuild our translation headquarters for all the tr Bible translations for Asia and Africa. I said, you're kidding me. They want, they need a new childcare center built. And I said to them, I said, you're kidding me. You want me to fly all the way to Europe to do that. Why don't your people do that? Why didn't the British do it? She said, Lou, they don't, they don't volunteer like that over here. Americans volunteer. So I said, Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to step on your toe. So we flew a team over there and did it. Anyway, uh, I learned, I didn't, you know, if you don't get out much, you just know, you don't know what you don't know. And I learned, uh, in fact, I talked about, there's a book, Who Really Cares? If you Google that, you'll find out a lot more about who really cares. Liberals or conservatives. Liberals say they do. They're full of baloney. Americans, the American government is the most generous government in the world. The American people are the most generous people in the world. Well, Lou, they, we just have more money. No, 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 no. Percentage-wise. The most giving people in the United States are the Mississippi folks, who are the poorest. Maybe you don't know. Did, oh, you did Common Core Math? I Forget about it. You, we shouldn't even have this conversation. I want to tell you about a man named Harold and a president named Barack. Harold was a bright child. He grew up in America. He went to school, had a bright future ahead of him. Harold was full of life, was cut short, though, in a violent moment. While few people had ever heard of Harold before his death, many did afterward. And in death, something very shocking happened. 
What was so shocking, especially when it is compared to the death of someone else recently in the news. Harold was Harold Green, Major General, United States Army. On August 5, 2014, Major General Green was killed by a Taliban terrorist. He was returned to America with full military honors, Harold was. It has been a tradition that the president attends the funeral of general and flag officers killed in the line of duty. Richard Nixon attended the funeral of a Major General Casey killed in Vietnam, and George W. Bush attended the funeral of Lieutenant General Timothy Maud, who was killed in the 9-11 attacks. While Major General Green was buried, Barack Obama went golfing. The dirty dog. The vice president wasn't available either. Neither was the Secretary of Defense. Flags were not even lowered to half-mast. Four days after Harold Green gave his life for America, Michael Brown was killed in a, a scuttle with Fergus in, the police in Ferguson, Missouri. Brown was at best a young thug. In the minutes before his death, he committed a robbery at a local convenience store. According to other reports, Brown struck Officer Darren Wilson and shattered his orbital bone. For you and Oliver and Linda, that means he knocked him right in the eye. Obama sent a three-person delegation to Brown's funeral. To Brown's funeral. The thug. Not to, Gene, not to Green's. Not to check in on Darren Wilson getting his eye knocked loose. To the thug's funeral, neither Obama nor Biden would attend the funeral of the highest-ranking military officer killed in the line of duty since 9-11, yet he sent a delegation to the funeral of a thug. When Margaret Thatcher, one of America's staunchest allies and Ronald Reagan's partner in bringing down Soviet communism, died, Obama sent only a small, low-level delegation to the funeral. Reason? Because Obama's a communist. And that's what he wants America to be. I'm just adding that in there. The snub of Thatcher was not missed by the British. When Chris Kyle, the most lethal American sniper in history, was murdered. Remember he was murdered at a shooting range? A guy with PTSD shot him, I guess. <clears throat> there was no expression of sympathy from the White House. And don't you think that's fascinating? They made a movie of him, but the White House could not call his wife and say, I'm sorry for your loss. But when Whitney Houston died from drug overdose, the Obama-Biden administration ordered all flags be flown at half mast. Do you think they did that for Chris Kyle? There was no White House delegation at the funeral of an American hero. American heroes die and Obama goes to the golf course. A thug dies, and he gets a White House delegation. The more, you know, the more you read about these summaries of the Obama administration, it just wonder why somebody didn't shoot that dude. Now, let me talk for a minute about, uh, let's see, one, two, three, we're in our fifth segment. Trump's leaner White House the 2020 payroll saved taxpayers 
$23.5 million. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's not very much money. Any, who cares, really? It's like a trillion-dollar budget. You know, it's just like, that's just chump change. Not to Trump. Save taxpayers $23.5 million since 2017. Now, this is so amazing. This is what real <clears throat> business leadership works like. You say, oh, well, he... One of the things somebody said, Butta Cavoli said, this guy on the city council, well, you know, he's had no elective experience. I thought this Chris Branscombe could go in there and he could just let the, he could run the whole city and the county. He said, oh, he, he, elective experience, help me out. Like, is this really confusing over there running a city of 12,000 people? People have lost their minds. You don't have no elective experience. Trump had no elective experience. It looks like he's doing pretty good. I have a list of his accomplishments. I don't know how, how they're amazing accomplishments. I don't know whether we'll have time to do it tonight. So uh, Trump's White House payroll has 413 employees. That's 55, 55. That's 55, five, five fewer staffers than Barack Obama. Now, here's the deal. You're running the same White House. Right? It's the same size. You're running the same country, same states. I know Obama ran 58 states, but now we're back down to 50. But we have 55 fewer staffers than Barack Obama did in 2012. You think the way government goes, now I want you to pay attention here. Government bureaucrats, like farmers grow fruit and rice and wheat, and and if they... If they're a good farmer, they have bigger yields than the average farmer, right? But a bureaucrat, the way he shows how good he is, is he just makes his budget bigger and his amount of his workers more. They they still take care of the same amount of people, the same amount of country, the same amount of acreage. But Trump does his job with 55 fewer workers. First lady staff headcount for Melania Trump. She has 11 people working with her. Now, when a Michelle Obama or Michael Obama, whichever you pleasure, she had 24 staffers. For you and Linda, that means she had 13 more people working for her to do the same job as Melania. Now, when you start, you see these stupid things on the in Internet. Who has the highest IQ, Melania or Michelle? You don't need to look at IQ. All you have to do is see what they, what they can do with what they got. That's, that's how you can figure out the IQ. So if you can do the same job with 11 people that the other person takes 24, you know who the stupid one is. So anyway, the, the people behind this information is called OpenTheBooks.com. I actually think they're a liberal organization, so I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that they're kind of being helpful to Trump here. So Trump further honed the White House payroll, saved taxpayers $2.35 million. Uh, I, I won't do a whole lot of numbers over—I don't want to, like, 
like uh, deluge you with numbers or bury you or drown you with numbers. But basically, less people, less cost. 23.5 million less. So uh, in the first few weeks of the presidency, when he took over, when they were after him claiming he was peeing on government uh, or on uh, Russian prostitutes, remember all that? He was colluding. He was buddying up with Putin. Just all, they knew they were all lies. All those liars knew they were all lies the whole time. There was never any element of any of it. Obama was in on it. Hillary was in on it. So in the first few weeks of the, weeks of the presidency, Trump issued an order and he mandated an executive agency hiring freeze. In other words, we're not hiring no extra people. And he asked his, his agency heads to seek efficient use of existing personnel and, fu- and funds to improve public services. Now, the deep state hates that because a guy, a manager, loves more budget. And he wants to do more stuff. And he wants to have bigger budgets, new desks, new chairs, new computers, Right. Leading by example, Trump, Trump saved what I already told you saved. So his initial forecast underestimated the amount of actually open. The open books forecast was even they undershot how much he saved. So let's see if I've kind of covered this. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't want to really go into all that. That's a waste of time. So, uh says former first lady was heavily criticized for her 24 member staff in 2009, including assistants, advisors, schedulers, directors, deputies, associates, social and press secretaries and other helpers, quote unquote. Uh, starting in 2009, Obama, President Obama came under fire for hiring special initiative czars. You remember all the czars? And they just went right around Congress, just like that's a, just like a gruesome Newsom is doing uh, here. He's just running the state by himself over Trump's first year in office. We found no evidence that says of czars in the White House payroll. So Trump said, here's what I love. He, he said during the campaign he was going to forgo his p- paycheck. But Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution mandates that it says the president gets a salary. So he's got to take the salary. So instead of just taking the salary, he took it and gave it away. So he donated his quarterly portions of his $400,000 salary. That's $1,000 a quarter, $100,000 a quarter, to the National Park Service, the Small Business Administration. Department of Interior, Department of Transportation, Department of Education, Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Vet- Veteran Affairs, National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, and other agencies. Recently, the president donated hundred grand to Health and Human Services to help fight the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, so no other president has ever done Did you know that? Remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger, he didn't take a salary because he's independently wealthy, like Trump. He didn't take a salary. But I don't think, I don't know whether he was mandated to take one and then give it away. But uh, I don't know of any other president that's ever given away their salary like that. Pretty amazing. But but the other people, the liberals, there's nothing that Trump could do uh, or could not do either, could or couldn't, uh, that they will ever agree with. They just hate him, hate him, hate him. 
cure cancer, cause cancer. Heads I win, tails you lose. It, it doesn't matter what he does. All right. Let me see where we're going to go here because we just we're going to wrap up this segment. And. Uh, oh, here we go. Let me just jump down here. You know, this NFL, you know, there's a guy that prophesied. Some of you don't. Some of you Christians even don't believe in prophecy, even though the Bible's full of it. You're really just Baptist Christians. You don't believe really believe in the spiritual uh, gifts and miracles of God. So, but there's a guy named, uh, oh, uh, I think it's Pastor Kent Christmas from Nashville, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And he prophesied that uh, some uh, calamity was going to happen in the United States. And not only that, he got all into funky details, like the movie theaters were going to close down and the pro sports were closing down. I'd say they dialed it in pretty tight. So did this shock you about the pro sports on how I used to kind of think they were very talented, but they kind of thought like I did, you know, they kind of loved America. They're kind of like patriots and stuff. Did you ever like, are you shocked that like most of them aren't, they hate America, particularly the black ones. They hate America and they think they just got ripped off, even though they're making like I think somebody said the other day, it was Dinesh D'Souza. He said that um, LeBron James made something like 2,000 times more than the average American, but still feels like he's a victim. So uh, I'm going to cover some things here that get your attention. This article, this, it's just a really short one. It says the knee is not the only problem. Seven players, 68 children by 52 women is. <laughs> I thought that was awesome, right? It says children in fatherless homes, especially black children, are far more. Nobody wants to talk about this, right? The liberals don't ever want to go here. This is the reason we have a total cultural meltdown, especially black children are far more likely than children raised in two parent homes to engage in criminal behavior and thus have contact with the police. Ergo, when they father a child with a woman to whom they are not married or at least living with, they are contributing to the problem against which these football players are taking a knee. So the big problem they're taking a knee, they're actually creating the problem. If you look at many of these players' records on out-of-wedlock children, you find that they are contributing significantly to the problem against which they are protesting and getting down on news. I can't believe people are, all these black kids are fighting with the police and they're getting beat up. It's like, well, why don't you like marry one of these women and take care of them and keep them straightened out? We'll be right back. And I'll tell you the rest of the story about this. Democratic household. Even though both my parents had very conservative views, 
And I kind of naturally associated myself as being a Democrat growing up. Never thought I would support Trump, but until I'd done my research, I found five good reasons on why I do. One, he's really good at deal-making, especially with other nations and putting our best interests at heart. Two, he respects the Constitution and our rights to bear arms and many others, and especially the freedom of speech. Three, he believes in law and order and the importance of having it and respecting it. Four, America always comes first no matter what. It's always our best interest for the people, the nation, in order for us to be prosperous and be ahead of the world, especially with China. Five, he exposes the media and their corruption and always pushing these false narratives in order to reach an agenda and pushing out all these emotionally charged articles versus factually unbiased ones. John Garamendi was elected over 45 years ago. 45 years is a long time to be in office. John was elected before cell phones. John was elected before personal computers. In fact, John was elected before the internet existed. While John has been in office, we've had nine different presidents. John Garamendi has been in office for over 45 years. And now, he's going to start fixing things. I'm Tamika Hamilton, and I approve this ad because it shouldn't take 45 years to start fixing America. Along with the sudden surge of presidential debates and the new election season comes another issue to captivate the minds of Americans, abortion. President Trump tweeted earlier this week that Biden and Democrats just clarified the fact that they are fully in favor of very late-term abortion, right up until the time of birth and beyond, which would be execution. The president continued with Biden even endorsed the governor of Virginia who stated this clearly for all to hear. Using the excuse of, it is the mother's body, mother's choice, child murder activists have pushed the agenda to the acceptance of this horrendous practice even after the child has been successfully born. Now the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights along with the following amendments all specifically guarantee the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Citing phrases like, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. This definitive wording of the law, however, has been passed over by those in governmental positions by creating the argument that the unborn are not yet human until called as such by their caregivers. This argument has brought about a clear barbaric change in the nature of giving birth and has allowed for expelling of life in the womb under the assumption that full birth has not yet taken place. But where does life truly begin? When does the matter inside of a mother's body receive its right to its life, its liberty, its pursuit of happiness? Many pro-life activists have cited boldly that every human on this planet is born with these rights and therefore they cannot be taken away. As morally correct as it may sound, this statement can actually be used as a dangerous argument for the opposition to life in the womb. You see, life does not begin at birth. A child does not become human when they take their first breath in the open world. This is something that our founders identified from the very beginning. This is why they specifically worded the Declaration of Independence to include the phrase, all men are created equal. We are created, not born equal. Dr. Benjamin Rush, a Declaration of Independence signer and medical doctor stated that life's first motion is produced by the stimulus of the male seed upon the female ovum. No sooner is the female ovum thus set in motion and the fetus formed than its capacity of life is supported. Make no mistake, life begins at conception. 
not at birth. This is a simple, precise fact. When we begin to move away from this very clear moral law, this is when our rights are lost. And as we have seen, the rights of the unborn have been cast aside and are now at the mercy of the parents involved. This negligence for the duty of each and every person to protect the innocent has led to, as President Trump worded it, an allowance of child execution. I leave you with this question. If the rights of the defenseless children of America are cast aside for the sake of convenience and there is no legal action taken against this, how long will it be before the rights you and I share and enjoy are also cast aside for the sake of another's convenience? This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American. Wouldn't take much, wouldn't take much, wouldn't take much. Hey, wouldn't take much, wouldn't take much, wouldn't take much. Well, before I finish the story on the uh, sports heroes, heroes, they ought to be a hero to some of their kids. Uh, I wanted to just give a shout out to Ted Holmes and the team that went down and spent two weeks down at uh, Otay Mesa site of Tijuana. We started a project down there in about 1987, and we doubled the size of an orphanage for teens down there. And then we kept, we've been back and forth, Ted mainly, with teams, coordinating teams, has gone down there and upgraded and repaired and remodeled after after we did a remodel and built a new section. Uh, these are teenagers coming up from down farther in Mexico, orphans that now need some schooling, and Tijuana has a lot of uh, education there, a lot of colleges and stuff, institutes. So uh, anyway, they were down uh, for the last couple of weeks, contractors and just helpers from up here to remodel it and get it ready to be an all-girls operation. And a lot of them have had troubles in their life being exploited by people. And so uh, it's an all going to be an all-young woman's uh, operation. And so way to go, Ted. And uh, Ted helps this show, and he runs here in Yuba Sutter counties, he runs a plumbing doctor and he runs his, uh, he has another, another company called lift off floor removal. If you ever have a commercial building or even a house that, that you need to pop all, all the tile or all the flooring up so you can lay down new, or you want to sand the floor down, polish it, you know, make it concrete polished and stain it and stuff. Uh, we, uh, it really looks nice. Of course you've seen it. Some of the big box stores just have polished concrete, but they also do that. That's liftoff floor removal. But uh, usually I talk about, on the show here, I talk about the uh, plumbing doctor. And uh, you can reach them at 530-671-9111. You know, you can get by and go skinny on financially and a lot of things, but when the plumbing goes haywire, it's just a big old mess. It's just a big deal. You got water running loose, or you can't get any water, or no hot water. Something's happening. Goofy. So if you want them to help you, give them a shot. Get, get let them give it. Give you a bit on their uh, on your on your issue. They'll do it. Five three zero six seven one nine one one one. So. 
I want to just finish up on this uh, NFL thing because a lot of times we just assume people are like us. They're carrying on their lives like us. And these guys are, uh, in this case, the NFL guys are making millions and millions of dollars a year. I feel totally cool about that. They can make as many millions as they want. I don't have an, a niche of envy in my soul. I want them to just be blessed and do good, and I hope they learn how to manage their money. They're all real youngsters, 19, 20, 21, 22 years of age, 23 years of age. God bless them. Hope they can keep as many dollars in their hand as they can. Well, one of the problems is there's a lot of hypocrisy in this knee business. Now, one of the things that torques me is that uh, Nike is giving old Kaepernick all this money millions and millions of dollars as their figurehead to stand against uh, abuse and exploitation yet Nike is exploiting people in other countries like India China Vietnam in fact some of my friends in Vietnam have worked in these factories make they work six seven days a week 12 hours a day make 140 US a month now, you can't live on that in Vietnam but they take the profits off those same shoes that they sell for hundreds of dollars. And then they pay something like Cap Kaepernick to claim that they're against labor abuse and prejudice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all those kind of things, right? It's hypocrisy. Nike is hypocritical. So is Kaepernick. Why doesn't he go over and, and pick it in front of the Vietnam factories? Then when you look at the the widespread support in pro sports of all this nonsense, it, it said one of the things that stands out to me is these are stupid. They may be talented. They may be able to slam a jam of those basketballs. And I appreciate athletic prowess or football or baseball. I've gone to lots of athletic events. I haven't done pro, pro football, but all basketball and baseball i can't even number the times i've been there i love it it was it just enjoyable loved it but now i'm done because the the people th that are involved are such classless tacky weird and they're idiots they're intellectual midgets so for instance i'll give you an example my friend, Dr. Cassidy, he started a class in jail, and then he actually started it privately for guys getting out of jail called Fathers First. In other words, he found that the welfare system was always leaning towards the fathers, for the mothers, and the fathers always got kicked to the curb. So he started, and he the other thing he found out was about 85% of all people going to prison were were uh guys that didn't have fathers 85 percent all the guys going to prison didn't have fathers and a lot of them had produced kids and now they were kind of repeating the cycle right so he said i'm going to teach you how to be a good dad and he had and he's he for 25 years he's been teaching these classes out in the community and um so there's a responsibility for people to be good dads and good moms. 
So it's interesting. So in a father, father uh, first class, they go around, they'll introduce themselves as new people come into the class. And then I'll say your name and how many kids do you have? And then they'll count up all the kids for fun. So I'm going to give you an example of maybe some names you'll recognize. Antonio Cromarty. He has produced 12 children with nine different women. In fact, before he could come into the NFL, they had to front him a half a million dollars to settle some back child support issues before they would, the government would allow him to play football. Travis Henry has 11 children by 10 women. Willis Magahi has nine children by eight women. Derek Thomas has seven children by five different women. Benny Blades, six children by six women. Ray Lewis, who is now out of football, but is, is done. He color, color commentator played for the, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Remember he linebacker Ray Lewis, six children by four women. Marshall Falk, six children by three women and Adrian Peterson, 11 kids from seven different women. I think Adrian Peterson may have retired. I'm not sure. I've been, I'm really done with sports. I, I, I can't watch it. It, it. it has no enjoyment factor for me anymore. Knowing what these people are such creeps, not all of them, but a lot of them. The guy that wrote this says, maybe these guys that take a knee, maybe they should take a good look in the mirror. It appears that the problem isn't the knee part of the body. Just a thought. Now, um, this guy wrote this thing, title of it's in honor of women. And the reason it caught my attention, a guy named Jerry D. Parmenter, Permenter. He wrote a book called Red Dirt Memories, published it just in two, 2019. Never read the book, but I just saw this segment. And when I read it, it reminded me of my grandmother and that generation. When I grew up, I stayed occasionally at my grandmother's house, which is always a joy. And uh, she was a widow. Her husband died in the 30s. She, had, she raised four boys. And uh, she uh, had on the back porch an old ringer washer. So you'd hang your clothes on the line. But the washer, this is really modern because you'd throw your clothes in there and it would, it would you know, do the washing thing, move them around, soap, all the stuff. And then when you pulled them out, there was a hand wringer thing that you would wring them, get a lot of the water or the soap out of them, or actually when they rinsed them, then you could wring them and run through these two uh, tubes that were pushed together and squeeze those that's clothes, and then you'd hang them up, right? And she always wore these cotton dresses. So anyway, I'm going to read this to you because it took me back there. Uh it, it, the title of it is, I, I put the honor of women. He said the title of it is, his title is Cotton Dresses. 
And if you look at old pictures of ladies in the United States, they all, all had these cotton dresses on. I mean, the poorer ladies. In the big cities, they didn't. He says uh, they, were, they wore cotton dresses almost always, inexpensive ones. Hold on, let me get my computer working right. He said they wore cotton dresses almost always, inexpensive ones they made from a pattern or had neighboring seamstresses sew for, for them in exchange for bacon bread, churning butter, or milk and a cow down by the barn. They had a good dress for Sundays and trips to town, but mostly they wore simple cotton dresses with pocketed apron to hold everything from clothespins to milk money. In Nacogdoches County, the women who raised me lived down every county road I knew and could be seen outdoors on many a winter morning, hanging their washout, hoping it would dry before the next freeze so their husband have a clean shirt for the next day's work. Their days often began sooner than anyone else's as they were building a fire, getting the kids ready for school bus, cooking breakfast, and ironing the clothes. Working wasn't done, work wasn't done then either as they'd tend the fire and begin shopping or the shopping list for the next week. Maybe putting on a pot of soup while they planned a holiday meal. Their hands always showed the amount of work and no lotion or creams could take away the damage inflicted by the hard sun under which they labored. Those hands picked many a garden row as well, shelling butter beans and snap peas into the late evening light. Sometimes the only sound coming from a front porch was of their labor, peas ringing against the side of an enormous porcelain pan. Some of my earliest memories were of catching light, lightning bugs while hearing the murmur of ladies talking as they shelled peas into an East Texas evening. I remember how fine mother uh, could cut up onions, peppers, and pecans for holiday stuffing. The brightest, uh, bright colors so symmetrical in their bowls was an art to behold. Even when her hands became twisted with her arthritis and age, she knew how to hold the knife to cut and peel as precisely as ever. When they weren't doing they were teaching their children how to do for themselves. A community of East Texas women taught me how to plant potatoes and tomatoes, sow corn seed, and even drive a tractor. One neighbor would always invite me into her house for dinner after I mowed her lawn, and she taught me to set a proper table before we ate, something I remembered from boyhood until now. The good country women who populated our lives growing up made sacrifices daily so we'd have a better chance to succeed. They did without more often than any of us ever knew. My own mom had a ringer washer until I was 13, and when I was old enough to work, I bought her the first automatic washer and dryer she ever owned after starting a job catching chickens on a local farm. I wandered into the Sears Roebuck in Nacogdoches, Texas, and showing the man sitting at a clerk's desk my first pay stub, 
I signed the necessary paperwork and he set me up on a payment plan. I recall my mom's tears when they were de- when the washer and dryer was delivered the new to her house on her birthday. How proud she was to be no longer having to do her laundry on the porch or brave the cold winter winds to hang up her clothes. My memory is of going to bed that night and for the first time in my life shedding my own tears from the sheer joy of giving. Even then, I recognized many women lived a life of sacrifice for those they loved, and it was a debt a little boy like me could never repay. But to this very day, I honor all of the women in my life and respect them more than they could ever know. Jerry D. Permenter, 2017, he wrote a book called Red Dirt Memories, which I, I've never read, but I thought I would read this because uh, it reminded me of my childhood and the women that I knew uh, that were just exactly like this. So uh, thank you, Mr. Jerry. Uh, All right, let me get back up here. All right, so this uh, guy, this, I don't know who this guy, Robbie Starbuck, he's a Cuban-American producer and director. Anyway, he had some negative things to say, some music awards about Trump. He all these people hate Trump. So this guy says, what do you, what do you dislike about Trump? Do you dislike that he is directing the broke and brokering the first meaningful Mideast peace deal in decades and up for the Nobel peace prize? Do you dislike that he brokered a historic peace deal between Serbia and breakaway Republic Kosovo for which he was nominated for a second prize? Do you dislike that he made cruelty to animals a felony? Do you dislike that he earmarked billions to stop the opioid crisis? Do you dislike that he destroyed ISIS, killed countless terrorists without going to war? Do you dislike that we're now energy independent and and the largest producer of energy in the world? Do you dislike because... He started to build a wall to keep criminals and drugs from coming into the country and because he respects, honors, and defends our country's borders? Do you dislike him because he just slashed the price of prescription drugs, in some cases by 50%? Do you dislike he met with the leader of North Korea and averted a war with that country and brought, uh, slowed down or stopped the aggressive missile testing? Do you like that he signed a law or disliked that he signed a law ending the gag order on pharmacists that prevented them from sharing money-saving options on prescriptions? Do you dislike that he signed a Save Our Seas Act, which funds millions per year to clean tons of plastic and garbage from the ocean? Did you even know that was true? Do you dislike that he signed a bill for airports to provide breastfeeding stations for nursing moms? Do you dislike that he signed the biggest wilderness protection and conservation bill in a decade, designated 375,000 acres as protected land. Does it irk you that he loves America and puts America first? Is that a big problem? Do you dislike that he made a, a gay man the ambassador to Germany and then asked him to clean up national security, declassifying as much of it as possible for transparency? Do you dislike that he works for free 
donating his salary to a different charity every quarter. Do you dislike that his economic policies have produced the lowest black unemployment in history? Do you dislike that he listened to Senator Tim Scott and created opportunity zones to help minorities? Do you dislike that he passed prison reform, which gives people a second chance and has made quite a huge difference for minorities, thousands of black people released from prison? Do you dislike that he produced the lowest Hispanic unemployment in history? Do you dislike that he passed VA reforms to benefit the very people who served our country and defended our freedom? Do you dislike that he got rid of the job-killing NAFTA trade deal, got tough on trade with China, and negotiated new trade deals with Mexico, Canada, and other countries that benefit American workers? Do you dislike that he loves our flag and embraces a policy of unabashed, unapologetic patriotism? Do you have a problem with that? Do you dislike that he calls out the media and attempts to correct them when they are wrong? I could go on for 10 or 15 minutes on do you have a problem and why? But the fact is we got one of the most productive presidents in the history of the country. But liberals, you can tell people when they're deceived because it doesn't matter what you say to them, not to win an argument, but just to explain the truth. It doesn't matter what you explain to them. They just hate them just the same. So we'll be back next week. Uh, That will make it the uh, 17th of October. And uh, thank you for listening. And this week, uh, maybe you should decide to do something new to try to make this country a better place. Get involved in the recall. Send me your name and, and number. I'll connect you up with the people if you're in the Yuba Sutter area or even other areas. We need some volunteers. That's just the way it is. Uh, go out and work for a candidate. There's still a couple of weeks. Tamika. Tamika. Hamilton could use some help. She's running against one of the most well-financed guys in John Garamendi in this area. I mean, he needs to be, we need to turn this area over into, into conservative and uh, she needs your help. So, um, and if you're in Marysville, I would recommend you, you look into Chris Branscombe because he's a guy that can change this city around. So, uh, Find somebody that uh, needs some help and and fix them. Put a little effort into them this week. See if you can help them. All right. God bless you. And uh, we're signing off. You want tickets? You can get a hold of me. If you want to donate the tip, you can send them to P.O. Box six four five, Marysville, California. Uh, whatever you want to do, or if you get confused, can't remember all that, just text me, or you can. Get me at Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com or text me at 530-713-1838. Thank you for listening. We're out of here. Bye. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same.
Sweetheart, 